And now, boys and girls, the Sharks take three of eight points this week. Oh, Lord almighty. They destroyed Talbot's stat line during the first regulation win at home this season. They make history in Seattle again, not in a good way. Oh, Lord, they finally play in the reverse retro jersey, so I guess we can stop hearing about that. Someone may have said Vancouver tonight in a overtime loss. And we have some giveaways. Let's go. Oi, oi, oi! Show 173. Hey, now! We are taking over After Dark here, so we welcome you back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town, USA. This time around, we got four games to get into. We have a 49er jersey winner to announce. We're going to give away another lunchbox, but there is so much more we're going to talk about. Uh, but first... If you're new to the podcast, remember, subscribe, follow us on social media. You can help support the content we deliver and keep us commercial free using the Super Chat option during the live shows, or you can use Venmo. Find us at Tealtown USA. Remember those donations. Keep the casts commercial free so we don't have to bore you with, uh, I don't know, talking about shaving your nethers or something. I'd rather not. I'd rather what about, uh, what about um, discounts on postage stamps? Don't want to talk about that either. Custom tailored suits? Nope. Meal prep? Nope. All righty. Are we done? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we just got to cover all the bases. Uh, wrong sport. Uh, if you're not with us live on YouTube, make sure to add your take in the comment section of this video. If you're listening to the podcast on your favorite app, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review if possible, especially if you're on iTunes. Love those reviews and those five stars. We really appreciate it. And just before we get going, I just want to say this. was at the game on Friday night. Shout out to Michael Morales rocking a shirt that had the Teal Town USA puck logo and a QR code that you could literally scan dude's shirt and it would send it send that person to our content. That was just way cool. Had Brody on there too. I'm not going to hold that against him. But, dude, solid. Solid. <laughs> All right, so if you're well, new here, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, D, if you have more housekeeping to get into, we can wait. But I was wondering if maybe you wanted to start the show talking about the trade that had transpired uh, on Friday. Did I miss a memo, a post-it, if you will? Uh, I think you know. Uh, I think you know what I'm nudging at here. Oh, sorry. Uh, hold on. I'm t- my bad. I said Michael Morales. I meant Michael Molasses in the chat. See you, buddy. All right, go ahead, joke, go. man. Uh, there was, as I said, there was a trade um, on Friday. Actually, coincidentally, it happened during the Sharks game. Actually, before the Sharks game. Uh, a trading of goods, if you will. <laughs> I think you know what I'm referring to. Uh, we might. Somebody said I have. Somebody said I have a dollar store microphone. What? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. You sound, you sound fine to me, man. I no, I sound good. I think Logan is just trolling. Um, <laughs> Shock. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a big trade, huge trade. It's huge. Um, uh, there were some pucks exchanged for some pins, and, you know, I think it was a good deal for both sides. I don't know about you. I'm very happy with my end of it. Absolutely happy with mine. <laughs> pucks and pins, baby. 
a little uh, bit. Yeah. All right. Let's go. This is your weekly wrap-up of Sharks hockey, if you're unfamiliar. Uh, we got four games this week. The Sharks went 1-2-1 one, and one during those four games, of course, against the Senators, Kraken, Kings, and Canucks. As it stands right now, the Sharks are 24 games into the season. Oh, just, you know, a little under a third, but they are 7-13-4 with 18 points. Currently 7th in the pack Div, and they have dropped... Oh, precipitously. Last I looked, 31 of 32 when it comes to points percentage, which we're going to get into in a little bit. Let me let you know. But the way that we rock things here, when the Pucknologists take over after dark, we start with the game you just watched, which was a 4-3 loss in overtime to the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Kakinen starts this one as Reimer is out yet again after playing versus L.A., but he missed the game in Seattle. I don't know what is going on. I feel so bad for Aaron Dell, dude. It's like, which locker room do I go to today? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the job. Um, that's the job that he signs up for, though. You know. Sure, sure. Uh, special teams helped a little bit. I mean, the Sharks one for one on the power play. I mean, you can't do better than a hundred percent. However, if you watch the game and. Listen to uh, Randy and Drew. There was definitely a couple times where they were they were calling out like, "How the hell did that?" Happen? And it was on both sides. There was a couple times where it's like, right in front of the official, no call. Okay, and you know what, dude? I don't know about you. I prefer it that way. Like, give me a game that doesn't have like I'll take no calls versus like every ticky tack thing. Right. Yeah. I, I I agree. I mean, it's. Obviously, you want, especially a team like the Sharks to struggle at five versus five, you want every chance you can get at the power play. But at the same time, like if you're calling everything left, right and center, you know, eventually it slows down the pace of the game. And I think you get uh, you get a game. Ah, geez, there was one game we covered last week where it was just like boring as hell. Actually, Makes me think of last night. Last night was actually boring as hell, despite, Hold I'm on, sorry, Friday night. I was going to say, what the hell me. did you do last night? Friday did you night fly was home? <laughs> Friday night was boring as hell, despite the score, you know? And, and it's just, like you said, it, it 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 jams up the pace of the game, you know, when you're calling every single penalty. So <sighs> kind of nice to see that that wasn't the case tonight. Absolutely. Uh, day before this one, Farrar went on the IR with a lower body injury. Buddy Shang-Pang is saying that it is uh, his sources. Many people are saying that is a foot injury. So uh, Ferraro's placement on the uh, IR is going to be retroactive to the loss against L.A., which means Mario will miss at least a week of action. Harrington got called up. Uh, if we see him, I'm going to have to firebomb something. <laughs> uh, Dell was also recalled, of course, with uh, Reimer out with also lower body injury. This was, uh, dude, this was an odd game tonight. I mean, Canucks, they'd rolled Vegas the night before. I mean, dude, scored three power play goals against Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they beat the Stanley Cup champs a couple days before that. So they'd won four of their last five. Canucks came in on a roll, and I'll tell you, when they got that first goal that Burroughs had, and, and tell me that wasn't a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Burroughs, that one was like the one fluky or the one goal that wasn't a fluke. It was one that Kakinen likely should have had on just the six shot on goal for Vancouver, but that made it one nothing. And I got to tell you, at that point, I was just like, oh, fuck, here we go, man. This is, it's going to be one of those. 
yeah, it, it felt again, you know, it just felt like the the start was just so just unfortunate. Yeah, it was it was just it, it again, it, it gave me sort of that feeling of like, you know, when is it going to stop, right? I mean, I think even <laughs> Dude, like, I even think half the team half the guys on each side could have switched jerseys and nobody would have known. Right. Well, and and even like like you go back to the previous years, right? Like the Sharks were bad and they had long stretches of being bad, but they also had stretches here and there of being good. And I feel like this year, those stretches have been extremely few and far between. And so to see the way tonight's game started, it was just like, oh, my God, like, are the Sharks ever going to win again? Right. <laughs> I mean, I know I know they won on on Monday against Ottawa, but I don't know. It just feels like every single night they're playing from behind to begin. Well, like they lost five in a row, then they won three in a row, then coming into the night had lost four of their last five. So right, it's it's. But during that stretch, it's like okay, you beat a crappy team like Ottawa, but you beat a really good team like Vegas. But uh, to be fair, everybody's beating Vegas lately in this last week, <laughs> dude. I don't know what's going on there. Bozasaurus coming in hot on the chat. Remember, if you donate, you get right in. You hit that VIP. Fact: cranberry sauce. Should be banned in Thanksgiving. Uh, sauce, sure. Juice always plays. Um, I, you know, I could support that. Uh, you can call me. You know, I'm yes guy for that. I'll, I'll support that. All right. So Burroughs opens the scoring. As I said, probably one Kakinen should have had, and then Cunning with. I don't even know what the hell this was. I will watch hockey from now until the day I die. I might not see. Another goal like this one. Hold up, everybody. You gotta have the two. Benino, and now Cunning, and he didn't get all of it. It was bouncing when it reached him. Blasic over to Benning. Into the high slot. Benino oh. stabs at it and scores! Nick Benino with his first goal of the year. Or did Cunning get it? I think it's Luke Cunning. But look at the work. You've got Noah Gregor in front. You've got Nick Benito in the slot. And then in the higher slot, there's layers. There's one, two, three layers there. And this popping up. Gregor's looking for it. Demko's looking for it. Look behind the goal line. Look in the net because that's where it ended up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, Get I, the hell I, out of here with this. I would like to point out for the record if you watch that replay, specifically the replay that's behind the net, Luke Cunning is, <laughs> he's staring at the net, <laughs> presumably watching the puck. And that, it almost, that almost like convinces me even more that that's how they drew it up. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I look at that and I'm just going, are you kidding? That's like the uh, golfer who like shanks one. It just takes a fortuitous bounce off a tree and ends up on the green. Right. <laughs> like, give me a break. And even Jonathan Becker, president of the Sharks, says, uh, do we call the infield fly on that one? Is that was is, is that the rule? <laughs> seems fair to me. <laughs> so, I mean, it ties the game at 1-1, and you're going, okay, this is this might be the one of the dumbest games I've seen this season. <laughs> to be, to be <laughs> There's fair. always one. There's there, always one. Dude. So, Last year, I was at that game, but there is always one. <laughs> I was going to say, and I also wanted to mention, I I want to say this now. Say it. Before I forget. Friday night. 
the sharks did not receive the jerk bump. Just no, so. they did not. Just no, so. it was well. There, there were some things at play. You know, extenuating I, I, circumstances. You know, I don't want to place any blame. You know, but there was concern. There was concern that I had maybe fractured my big toe. So there was some concern. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was uh, there was there was some controversy that had to be addressed. But everything's fine. You know, it's all good. All right. So <laughs> this game uh, again was really weird. Like the Sharks owned the circle in the first period. They got completely owned in the second period. Just really weird. And then the power play. Finally, the Sharks get a power play. We weren't, we weren't sure if it was going to happen. But real fast, what, maybe seven, eight seconds off the faceoff, Couture from Carlson and Barabanov, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But at least you're going, hey, they, they have a lead. They mm-hmm. did it on the power play. Like, I have hope. <laughs> and that hope would be extinguished about mm, 70 seconds later. Yeah. <laughs> and what was this cat's name? Ilya Mikheyev. Mikheyev. So Mikheyev, he gets a fortuitous bounce. I mean, let me let you know. <laughs> and then Pedersen gets a good bounce, taps it in. I mean, just when I saw that, which again happened two minutes after that. So you were all juiced after Logan gets the power play. And two minutes later, or I'm sorry, three and a half minutes later, they're they're back down a goal, and you're like, okay. And if there's one person who can save us, it's Timo. No, it's Tomas. No, it's Look Cunning again. Has it? Has he ever had a two goal game in his life in the NHL? Uh, <laughs> I. You know what? Uh... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. Fl- I don't want to flame the guy, but you know, it, it. I I was as shocked as you are when I saw that he had gotten the second one. I mean, it was very much one, a like, who. Well, like, and you know, you even the players, like, like even the worst player, you know, everybody's gonna get a goal at some point, right? But you know, I kind of I had like half an eye on the TV, right? And I hear Luke Cunning, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I and you know what? Sure enough, he had two goals, and and you know what? Like, good for him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm hoping that this is kind of maybe, you know, a, a very good like confidence game for him, and the dam just bursts, right? Sure. Uh, Puck guy saying it was Cunning's fifth multi-goal game. I don't believe it, but sure. <laughs> I'll buy your bullshit. Uh, it was a really good night if uh, if you wanted to get an assist and your last name started with a B for the Sharks. Uh, Benino, two assists. Benning had an assist. I mean, are you kidding me? Barabanov with an assist. Can we? Okay, really quick. This is, doesn't have anything to do with what you just said, but can we can we address something in the chat? The, there's a lot of things being said about how Cunning's second goal was all Eric Carlson. This no. is a great pass. Oh, absolutely. Beautiful pass. 100%. I mean, five the hole. Goal, I mean, okay, I'm sorry. The, no, five hole back door, dude. Like, the goal doesn't happen without Eric Carlson's pass. I understand. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But Cunning scored the goal. Like, he shot it. It went in. Like, to just say, oh, that's all Eric Carlson. You know, Cunning didn't do anything. Like, he literally shot the puck. <laughs> is that how that works <laughs> just well, saying it's, a, it's not like the eric carlson goal against detroit right where he like literally put it in off the guy's ass no exactly like <laughs> there was a, a a a a 
wind up and a shot. A little bit of uh, effort. A little bit with of effort. Luke Cunning. Yeah, there was some skill was was uh <laughs> was utilized in that moment. <laughs> oh, I like Alden coming in on the chat going, Benino, Benino, but uh oh Cunning. <laughs> I like that. Uh back to the face offs, dude. The Sharks answered big time. 14 to 5 in the circle for the third. So at least they were trying to get some possession because that was the one thing early on in the first period. I was like, God damn, the Sharks cannot get any time in the offensive zone. And when they do, it seems to be one and done. Some silly turnovers that just... And then I remember at one point early in the game, oh God, who uh, there was somebody who... I, oh, it was Barabanov. Like, mm -hmm. is coming in. And goes for the stupid pass instead of trying to fire it. And even Drew called it. Like, I was calling it out before Drew even said something. I'm, like, ready to throw things at my screen. I'm like, Barbie, I love you. Come on. Fire it off, dude. Are you are you referring to the play in the first period? Yes. Okay, see, and, and maybe I saw that a little bit different, but I had heard, you know, I'm, I'm watching and I'm listening and it, and... <laughs> Full disclosure, I if I and if I heard incorrectly, <laughs> I, I, many people I, are I saying. Take, well, I take full responsibility for that because my I did have divided attention. But I'm listening and I hear, you know, I what I hear is Drew saying, "Oh, you know, Nieto, you know, get the pass, you know, you got to get the pass to Nieto. Nieto is open." And I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, "That's all Barabanov has done the last two weeks, and it's not gone anywhere." Oh, I thought you were going to disparage Nieto. At some point. I did. I did. Bar How many beautiful passes has Barabanov fed to Nieto that have gone nowhere? So I'm kind of like, no, you know what? Barabanov doesn't uh, want to pass there. I think that's perfectly okay. Nieto's put up some points in the last five games. I'm just saying. Well, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Ah, <laughs> oh, you just can't deal with it. Going to get no, my leaf blower up. All right, so Sharks are 1-7-1 when EK65 doesn't have a point. It happens. It's fair. Yeah. I mean, again, best player helps the team. Yep. Coming More into this. 11. More yeah. at 11. <laughs> uh, Sharks were 2-0 and in overtime, now 2-1. and Vancouver coming in were 0-2, oh now 1-2. and There you go. <laughs> uh, well, another quickie I just think is kind of funny. Curtis Bichelka, uh, got, I, I'm Big by, by the way, uh, Eric – if you're, uh, I'm, I'm dying to know what Benino had to say. I also saw Cunning on the post, and now they're talking to Kakinen. So if you have any quotes, feel free. Um, the thing that gets me, though, Curtis Pichelka talked about that. He said, a little quieter than I'm used to during pregame. And then <clears throat> they announced the uh, tickets distributed. Never mm -hmm. scanned, but distributed. 11307. Are you surprised that I got that I was off by 100? Like exactly? No, not at all. Eh. It was damn close. <laughs> Do I get any foreseen for that? Like a half? A quarter? Uh, I'll have to talk to someone about that. All right. We have to go up to the uh, judgment. All right. Uh, but yeah, 11,300 definitely felt a little quiet. I got to say, dude, were you a little surprised on Friday when there was some Go Kings Go chance? Uh, no, not really. Just because well, obviously you can't, you can't be too surprised. Holiday weekend, Black Friday versus LA easy to travel and you got to give totally. away. Yeah, exa that's exactly why, you know, I, I, I think I probably would have been more surprised had there not been a bunch of Kings fans just because of all the, you know, the situations that you would, uh, that you had mentioned. And, and, you know, again, if you're, uh, 
if you are a Kings fan, let's just say, and you know, you want to, you want to see your team You're on one of you, those and, and, and you want to see your team on the road and you want to make sure you have a good time. Pick the worst team in the league. <laughs> it always cures your ills, baby. Right. And you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate, you know, despite, despite the fact that, you know, the, the sharks have been bad for, uh, quite a while. I'm very fortunate that they've, won every road game I've seen them in except for two. And so, you know, I, I know from experience seeing your team win on the road is much sweeter than seeing them win at home when you're at the game. Nice. So you have a winning record on visiting shots. Uh, yeah, I'll have to do some tabulations and, and reveal that in discord, but yeah. Nice. Uh, I just want to jot this in as it's coming through Curtis, Curtis Bichelka reporting. Uh, David Quinn, Sharks head coach, says Mario Ferraro will not go out on the four-game road trip, has not gotten results back from his x-rays, assuming on the foot, as Shane reported earlier. So, oh boy, a defensively questionable, shall we say, team uh, gets a little more questionable. Just Let me ask you a question. Sure. I mean, that's what you we're here just, for. You just said, oh boy. Is it? In what regard? <laughs> like a little more specificity, sir. Like I, is losing Ferraro that big of a loss? Is that what yeah, you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, and that's not to disparage the player, but I'm just sounds like we, it. <laughs> but as we've talked about, he's had a very sort of middle of the road season this year, and so I'm and wondering. We're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, right? But I, you know, I'm just wondering how much of a drop off. Will it truly be? <laughs> Dude, Shang po- <laughs> posting right now. Luke Cunning quoted in the post game tonight. There's no quit in this group. Hmm. Makes okay. you think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, there's no quit. Can we talk about talent? <laughs> Is that something we can get into? Jesse- I was going to say, that's a little bit different. Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Littlefield in the chat saying, I think there was a Kings support club there on Friday. Walking mm-hmm. around the arena pregame, it seemed like there was a very or there was a few very large groups. Yeah. Well, and they and they were a vocal group. Well, and you know what? A buddy of mine, the my my buddy I went to the game with had pointed out to me that uh most of the Kings fans that were making noise were in one single section. So that, you know, if there was a supporter group that was there, you know, that would check out. And that's fine. And the thing that I want to highlight <clears throat> that I don't think enough people highlight is uh, because, you know, everybody talks about when something bad happens. Uh, every Kings fan that I dealt with on Friday was chill. Now, totally. <laughs> did it, does it help that they're, you know, in second place or third place in their division, depending on what day it is? And does it help that they won the game five to two? Uh, you know, they might be a little more, uh, shall we say, mellow. In that regard, but uh, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't see any shenanigans. We've seen over the course of the last couple seasons that whenever the Sharks go to Vegas or vice versa, there invariably seems to be some sort of video on some form of social media of a couple of idiots getting into it. So nice well, to yeah. see that. Yeah, and there was the you know last year I believe it was three games. I believe it was three games in a week or maybe two weeks. It was in Vegas, like you mentioned. There was one in San Jose, I believe it was against Nashville, and then one in L.A., which I was at the game for in mm. L.A. And, and you know, we've talked about it many times before, but to your point, you know, I've I've been to, if you don't include the tank, 
I've been to see the Sharks in uh, five other NHL buildings, Vegas, Anaheim, Los Angeles, Colorado, and Minnesota. So I've been seeing the Sharks on the road quite a few times. Never once had I had an opposing fan cross any lines or any boundaries. They're very nice. A little bit of poking here and there. Oh, man, what's up with this guy? But it's all good fun. Yeah. And as long as the chirps the- are, uh, you know, fun and, you know, as long as you don't get personal about it, you know, it's it, it it's pretty obvious when the ribbing is good natured and when it's just, you know, nothing but vitriol. Right. And and that's the thing to, you know, not to not to throw anybody under the bus here, but, you know, I would say. OK, what did I say to you? No, but I would say I would say over ninety five percent of the unruly hockey fans I've seen at games I've been to are Sharks fans. Oh shit! Okay. And again, this is speaking as somebody who's been to five other NHL buildings. Hey now, uh, <laughs> Puck guy, bringing us the quotes in the post game. Thank you so much, dude. From Nick Benino, when we got going in the third, we played really well. They scored a couple, but we dominated play. Well, who gives a shit? <laughs> to be quite honest, it's like, we dominated play. How did it end? Uh, well, we both scored twice. Okay, fine. Uh, more from Benino. We could have had four or five goals as a line. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it don't. Okay, sure, but like when the Benino line is the one that can like score everything, it does make you kind of question what's up with Couture and Hurdle's line. Uh, let's go on to the next one from Benino. On Conan's first goal. Knew it hit something, but Kunin was in the right spot at the right time. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> and then Steve in the chat saying, I got punched in the face at Game 7 in L.A. like 2014. Well, what did you say to provoke that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I... I'm just fucking with you, man. I'm just no, I know, no, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm more, I'm more thinking about just all the Benino quotes. Like again, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just be, maybe I'm being unfair, right? But uh, we have one you, more. It just okay. Go ahead with the quote, and then I'll say. All right. Finally, from Nick Domino, we got a point. We played a bunch of Pacific teams here. A bunch of Pacific teams. Has he seen the fucking schedule? What is he talking about? L.A. and Seattle, that's it. I mean, yeah, Vancouver, L.A. and Seattle. Okay, yeah, their last three, but like, okay, whatever. (laughs) I'll just let that go. Let's, okay. Steven, put it back up. Uh, We got a point. We played a bunch of Pacific teams here. We didn't get the results we wanted. This division is still up for grabs. (laughs) These points are huge. (laughs) The division is still up for grabs. Yeah, for four other teams. Yeah, I just... You know, I, my gosh. Okay, t- like, again, I don't want to pile on to anybody. I don't want to jam <laughs> Do anyone it. up. But again, we're like, so, and we talked about it last week. So Benino goes the first, what game are we on at this point? What is this 24th. game number 24? Yep. So the first 23 games of the season, Benino has an assist. And it's, <laughs> and it's crickets, right? It's crickets. And then... You know, he comes, he has two assists tonight, and all of the sudden he's the spokesperson for the organization. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, like, where were you? Somebody you from were... the media wanted to talk to him. That's all I'm saying. I, and, and probably because he had two assists, which I support that. And, and I'm very happy for him, truthfully. But 
I don't know. It just feels like like all of a sudden it's like it's like you know he says oh you know we're still in the hunt we're this we're that and it's like who's we like you haven't helped <laughs> who's we white man <laughs> dude all right uh, let's let's <laughs> to, not to, please, to, hold on to to, to, Ian, to Ian's point he says in fairness he didn't say who it was up for grabs for yeah <laughs> yeah context means everything which another point we'll get into later but. Um, and I don't want it. I don't want the chat to turn into a, you know, I, I went to this barn and they, those guys were assholes. I don't want it to every, every fan base doesn't even matter what sport it is. There's always a contingent of assholes that are going to ruin it for somebody. Unfortunately, totally. That's why a lot of times when I go to games, if I see somebody wearing an opposing Jersey, I try to go out of my way to be cool, you know, engage with the, Hey, did you, did you come in for the game? Are you, you know, are you local and just finally get the opportunity to, break? you know, it's like jerk. If he, yes. you know, relocated, he's going to go to a Vegas game in a Sharks jersey. I'd, I'd see that person. Hey, so, you know, are you a transplant? Did you fly in for the game? What's, especially in Vegas because hello, you know, bit of a touristy area. I'm not sure if you knew that. A little bit. Coach. <laughs> Uh, no, and, although and, you, you know, wouldn't and, know it from the seats, uh, the, the amount of empty seats last night when they hosted the Canucks, holy crap. Well, and, and you know what? So to, to that point, there were, uh, the game against the sharks, uh, LA sharks, sorry, uh, on this past Friday, you know, there were, um, there were three buddies, Kings fans. They were in our row and, you know, they kept to themselves, uh, most of the night, you know, they cheered when appropriate and they, and that was that. And, you know, at the end of the game, we were leaving and they were like, Hey man, like have a good night. I'm like, yeah, you too. And See? then that was it. That was it. That's all you need. Uh, puck guy, let's kind of tie a bow on this Vancouver game and then we'll get to, yeah. uh, the we'll whole deal. Other things. So yeah, <laughs> Cunning quoted as saying, we as a team can't make these mistakes. I'm surprised he didn't say we shot ourselves in the foot. Cause that seems to be the quote du jour, mm -hmm. but uh, I guess that's a I different think at this point they don't even have a foot, but go ahead. <laughs> the only way this team could have a foot is if they signed Adam. Oh, no, dude, Adam foot. Is that too old for you, sir? Okay, then. No, see, I Moving just, on. you know, I, I would have laughed it was if it was funny. Oh, but. fuck you, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh. Got him, Dunk. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Jeez, bro. What's your problem? All right. Uh, so, Kuzmensko is the fucking first star tonight? Really? Dude, he, I mean, I know we're not a Canucks <laughs> podcast, but man, what, like, what a little player that he's end up being for Vancouver. Like, sneaky little ad, um, you know, through free agency. All right. Sneaky little pickup. Oh, let's get the final one here and then we're out. Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right. There's no quit in this group. Okay, sure. Again, I go back to, but is there talent? Uh, never a lack of effort. These small little things are costing us. We got to learn from it and move on. Like, um, I don't mean to be, you know, pissing out the fire by any stretch, but dude, the, like, it just feels, tell me I'm wrong. It's, this is like the same quotes I've heard for the last 10 games. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, I don't know. Sometimes you're the garbage. Sometimes you're the trash can, you know? And what? <laughs> my point what is the that, fuck that means. <laughs> my point is, is that no matter what the sharks do, they always end up on the bad side. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eric's still dropping in some more from 
Capo Kakinen. Very frustrating not to win this game. We played a very good third period. Okay, Capo, I don't know if you know about this, but you have to play a good first and second as well. I mean, but many people are saying. Yeah, ideally. This is what we've heard. We need to play better defensively. Uh, yeah. Need to just take defensively off that sentence. <laughs> Honestly, you could even take you could even take better off that sentence as well. We need to play. Dude, are you working at the improv tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let, let's get into the other three games that the Sharks played this week. They picked up a 5-1 win versus Ottawa. A huge. Huge. Uh, Kakinen did start three of four this week. And, uh, well, we see what happened. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but Gregor finally got on. Dude, he might be uh, part of our heroes and zeros later. I mean, yeah. You know, dude hit, put one off the pipe, and I'm like, fuck this guy. Like, oh. whose fucking, you know, cat did he run over to have this bad of a luck? You know, had he scored that, you know I was going to be tweeting at you, right? But he scored just a few seconds later. But dude, True. that shot, he he sh he fired that shot so hard, like, I think it would have put Talbot into the net. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was pissed. Uh Oh, hold on. All right, hold on. Breaking news. Real breaking news? D uh, yeah. David Quinn says there's still no timeline for Ferraro. Sturm will travel on the four-game road trip back in the Northeast, and we are not sure about Reimer yet. The Sharks do not practice tomorrow, probably because they'll be traveling. Uh, well, there you have it. Yeah. So I uh, heard it here second. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so, yeah. that that Dude. Okay. So the, the thing about Ottawa, what <laughs> you got to feel – for Cam Talbot just to scotch. <laughs> Dude, they completely destroyed his stat line. I think he finished with like a 577. And it's funny because I, I believe we had talked the week before about, you know, Cam Talbot potentially coming back for Ottawa, helping them maybe turn the corner. <laughs> Dude, he finished with a 571 before getting the hook. That's, that's what I'm saying, you know? So maybe we should just not talk about other teams like we know what they're going on with. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, other notables from this one. Cheek Check got his first uh, NHL fight after taking a headshot. Third headshot the Sharks had taken in, like, the previous five games. So uh, between that, one penalty, no suspensions or fines. But, the, you know, the guy who took uh, liberty against Sturm got a, a two-minute. So I don't know. I guess the player of uh, or uh, Department of Player Safety. I guess they go to bed after uh, I don't know seven o'clock Eastern. And who wouldn't? Let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> I would. <laughs> I can and I have. Right, but yeah, three goals on seven shots. Yikes! But it was the first regulation at SAP this season. So there you go. Uh, then the Sharks would move on to Seattle and holy game, dude! You talk about bumblefuck hockey. This game sucked. Dude, I want to. I the thing that I'm bummed out about is that I didn't check what the over under of goals was because it ended up being 13. Pretty sure it probably hit the over, but then again, it was Jones versus Kakinen, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what I? I really and and maybe this is my own fault, right? I really kind of felt like once the Sharks had had made it close, I believe it was right at the beginning of the third period. I really felt like they were just going to 
keep going and it was it was going to be awesome and they were going to come back and all that and yeah to your point this game it was just it sucked right like and i was talking with my buddy i said how many times has a team scored five goals and lost dude very rare and so <laughs> unless you think, you're the coyotes right and so you think you know if you're if the sharks are a good team you take a step back and you think hey you know what you're not going to win them all whatever right but because the sharks are so bad and then they score five goals and still lose you kind of sit back and you're like man are they really fucking bad <laughs> Dude, so, I mean, the Kraken came into that on a two-game win streak. They only have one regulation loss in November. This is a team that Martin Jones right now is piloting. He's your best goalie. <laughs> dude, are you kidding? <laughs> like, I just, but Nieto got points in this. We like that. Um, Do we? Uh, I thought so. Uh, this is a game, another another weird special teams game where, like, the Sharks go one for two on the power play, but it's a four-on-three goal from Meyer. The Sharks, they they killed two of three, but the one that they didn't kill was a Burakovsky goal that he scored during a five-on-three. So you kind of go, ah, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But, ay ay ay. I mean, <laughs> dude, just, dude, what, you know when Donato scores against you, you're like, oh, we're host. Well, it's funny that you say that because, you know, the, the Sharks have, I believe they've played Seattle, I want to say four times up to this point. And I think they have one win, right? And that well, might be I, an overtime. That's not even what I'm thinking about. I'm more thinking. <laughs> I think Donato has scored in every game he's mm-hmm. played against the Sharks with the Kraken. I think you might be right, dude. Steven, look that up. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm telling you. I mean, it was tough to fault uh, Kakinen in the second because man, they the, they were either tap-ins where the D was asleep. I mean, um, uh, Alexiak scored off a shot pass. I mean, that's. Like, dude, Patrick Waugh in his heyday is not going to have those. So you got to feel bad for him that the Sharks gave up two in less than a minute in the third. There were six goals and 24 shots. But the to me, Kakinen, not his best, but the D in front of him, and Quinn said as much, was just horrible. So, but I mean, I guess the shaving grace is uh, Timo Meyer got his fourth career hat trick. Yeah, that was fun. Um, you know, my... Uh... My my fiance is a big Timo Meyer fan, so I said, "Hey, Meyer got a hat trick," and she's like, "Wow, oh, that's awesome." I said, "Yeah, they also lost and, <laughs> eight to five. Yeah, and that was the end of the conversation. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, again, we we I feel like this has been maybe the theme of the podcast this season. But you know, we we know what the Sharks are. We know, and you're gonna you've heard it. We know that they're gonna lose more than they win. Yeah, but. Bring some excitement. Bring some intrigue. Entertainment. Entertainment. There you go. Timo Meyer getting a hat trick. We like that. Yeah. You know. You know. Oh, dude, I called uh, it. I got foreseen points on that. Right. And 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 you know, somebody who, if everything goes according to plan, somebody that's going to be a big part of this team's future. (laughs) You want them playing well, right now. Well, we'll see. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Let's finish this off with. The Sharks made history again with Seattle. If you remember correctly, last game of the season against Seattle, the Sharks handed the Kraken their first ever franchise victory. In this one, just this past Wednesday, the Sharks helped the Kraken set the set the bar for the most goals ever scored in a game. Good for you. Hey, you know what? They're just they're just they're such nice guys you know so, so it, it is the season for giving it is you know it, it's 
it's that it's that time of year where you know you want to think about your <laughs> your fellow person and you know when they might be in need. Anybody know Super Tramp? Give a little bit. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's uh, a couple more quotes because uh, Puck guy's drawing them up here from Kakinen says next man up. Chichek has played well. We got Shimmer back to uh, help the team win. <laughs> got to keep working as a team with new players and work together. Oh, Christ. These cliche responses are going to be the death of me. Uh, Kacken in on taking advantage of getting games in with Reimer out. Anytime I go out there, that is what I do and win. What? That can't be the entire quote. <laughs> Just saying. Part of that didn't didn't go. From Quinn tonight, no table. Well, well, we said it already. No timetable on Ferrar. Stern will travel. Not sure about Reimer. No practice tomorrow. Yada yada yada. All right, so we're back up to speed on the chat. Sorry, uh, apologies to of the or to those of you who are listening to the audio only. Uh, let's move to the Kings. The game that Jerk and I were at. Reimer would slide back in. Delegate sent back down. Uh, let's see. We got Chichek back on the scratch sheet along with Gadjevic, who was under the weather. At least Stern was skating uh, leading into this, but still hasn't started. Another game of uh, a little bit of special teams because the Sharks did get three opportunities and whiffed on every one of them when it comes to the man advantage and only went one for two on the PK. And boy, dude, I don't know about you. I My seats were right behind the net. And that second period, dude, Rhymes let in some five-hole softies, bro. Well, and I was, and you know, he, he, he didn't make the trip to Seattle cause he was obviously injured. And I thought, I thought it was a bit interesting that they chose to go with him against LA only like, you know, you're, I, I don't know, like how injured are you that you, you know, you're not healthy enough on Wednesday, but by Friday you're ready to go and you can play. Dude had to rub some Turkey on it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I, I. I think, and then you, not healthy enough to play Wednesday, come back Friday, and then not healthy enough to go tonight. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It, it makes me wonder if maybe there was a an overestimation of how healthy Reimer was, and that's a contributing factor in him getting blitzed. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, dude. But dude, how honest are players? You know what I mean? Like, how many times did we say Carlson clearly should not have played, but played anyway? Because he was like, right. eh, I feel okay enough. Ugh. What are you going to do? Oh, oh, we have more shark stats coming in. Let's see what this one says. Eric Carlson's 21 points in November are a Sharks record for this month. The previous record was 20, held by Joe Thornton back in 2009. Eric Carlson's 21 points are tied for second most in any month in San Jose history. There you go. There you go. All right. So give him the Norse already and let's uh, trade him for something. No. (laughs) <laughs> all right so that's the way it was everybody there was uh what 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 no, else I, just, I know i just thought about it you know you 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 helped me think of something right you just said uh what did i say you you just said give him the norris already and trade him for something that's what you just said absolutely i'm down with both of those things <laughs> the people and and again i don't want to lump you in with this group but i'm just saying if there are any Carlson haters out there, I'm not a hater. No, I know, I know, I know. Okay. If there are Just any clarifying. Carlson, if there are any Carlson haters out there who are saying to trade Eric Carlson, isn't that an admission that he's good enough to be traded? 
and maybe that he's not some bum. No, uh, Just oh, oh, hold on. Context means everything. Good enough to be traded with that contract. Fair. There you go. Oh, we got another one here. I don't know. I just think it's I just think it's funny, right? Where it's like, oh my god, this player sucks. We need to trade him. It's like, well, who's trading for him if he sucks? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Can we talk about Kevin LeBank? No. Uh, Quinn on uh, Kuzmenko. Yep, Kuzmenko. Okay. Uh, just a couple of tough changes. We've got to be smarter in that situation. Usually, in OT, a change makes the difference. Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw it on. Twitter just after the OT goal happened, uh, Corey Massasak from the athletic, basically calling out EK for a bad change on that. And that's kind of like what led to everything. So, right. I mean, EK giveth EK taketh away. And you expect that with a player like that. Yeah. High risk, high reward. So it happens. It, it, it's a thing. Again, we, I think too, we have to remind ourselves like (laughs) the sharks again, they're going to lose more than they win. So like if they don't win, how disappointed can you truly be? Right? Oh, dude. I mean, this, I, th- I feel like we've hit this already, but maybe it bears repeating for anybody who's new here. And if you are new, welcome in. We hope you subscribe and, and give this a thumbs up and enter the next giveaway. by the way. <clears throat> oh yeah. We've got a giveaway. We're going to have giveaways between now and Christmas. Um, but it's, it goes back to something we said at the beginning of like you, that there are fans there. There are some fans. Oh, I can't believe they're li-. like, we all said that they were going to do this. Like everybody, like it wasn't just us. Like the, the Elliot Friedman's of the world, the Pierre Lebron's of the world. They're like San Jose is a bad team. This is going to be a crappy season. So just to see people, go, I can't believe we lost. Well, then you haven't been paying attention. I was going to say, what what part is unbelievable? <laughs> right? Um, so, and, and that leads here. That leads in perfectly to something that I've been wanting to get to. Uh, the broadcast a couple days ago. I'm not calling out anybody specific. I'm just, and, and I'm not saying this not? is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying this is specific to the Sharks broadcast. Because this happens on national broadcasts. It happens on regional broadcasts. I just feel like sometimes they don't give the entire story in an effort to pump up the team's tires. So I sure. have this where it's kind of like, do you want me to be an optimist here on the Pucknologist and, and tell you how many games they almost won? They're only yeah. five points out of a wild card spot. You know, I can tell you the Sharks in the NHL, they are third in high danger chances for only behind the Knights and the Devils. Uh, how about that the Sharks are fifth in goals for? And you're thinking... Oh, that's great. And if you hear me say all those things, you're probably asking yourself, well, why are they in such a shitty spot in the in the division? So now I turn around and say, well, can I be a realist and tell you that the Sharks are 28th in high danger, high danger goals for? So chances for their third, goals for their 28th. Meanwhile, the Knights are fifth, the Devils are first. So basically kind of illustrates that the Devils and the Knights are taking the most advantage of the chances that they have. The Sharks, not so much. Then we also heard the broadcast a couple of games ago talking about, well, the Sharks are only three points out of a wild card spot. And when they had said that, now, to be fair, tonight they did mention the games in hand that all the other teams ahead of the Sharks have. 
Whereas the night before Thanksgiving, they did not. And I thought that was, I felt that was a little misleading, maybe a little disingenuous, um, you know, but the, the Sharks are 34, 31st in goals against. My point is I'm not trying to be a buzzkill, but I'm also not here to artificially pump the tires by purposely omitting key pieces of context to make the fan base feel better. And the thing I kind of thought was funny tonight is that during the pregame, Ramenda and Brownie kind of showed you the difference. Just listen to how Brownie is very much kind of like, hey, it's all it's all about the positive. We only care about the positive. And Ramenda is just kind of like, well, if you don't know what the negative is, then how the hell do you learn from it? I mean, that's that's what I took away from it, but take it for yourself. During this Thanksgiving time, you're like, you know what? All right. A lot of people would love to be in this situation, needing to find a way out of it. I wanted to ask you guys, what do you guys see or what do you uh, maybe look to, Drew? I know you coached when things were going bad. What can you focus on to help you get out of something like this? I know for me it was like, all right, let's take the big picture. We've had a tough stretch maybe for a couple games, but we got to get out of this and it's not going to be focusing on the negative. Well, when I was coaching, we did focus on the negative more than the coaches do now. They focus much more on the positive, show how to do things right, be very detailed. When you look, though, with the with the coaching staff, what you do, you've got your tenants. These are the things we have to do in order to win. These are our foundations. And so you go back to those. Where are we going away from it? Where are we doing well? And so overall, what coaches do, you go back to video, you go back to work, and you start reminding the guys, we need you to do this. I don't know what's funnier than that is that it, during the first part of Brownie's talk, you you can see Drew's face and he's like going, what the hell is this guy talking about? Yeah, <laughs> he looks disgusted. <laughs> Dude, totally. Or the fact that they're, they're right in the middle of Drew's talk and they bring down all the lights and the camera can't adjust. Dude, I was like, oh, this poor guy. <laughs> That's too funny. But either way, I just wanted to point out, you know, when it comes to uh, – at least the puck knowledge can't speak for anybody else. But when it comes to us, we try to be honest. And so when I, I see some of those things and I'm like, oh, come on, tell the whole story. <laughs> tell the whole story. So Sharks have, uh, they lost five straight, won three straight, then lost four of their last five. And then after tonight, you know, it's basically one, four, and one. A lot of losses by just one goal earlier. Three of their last four losses coming into the Vancouver game, though, were by three three goals. So that is starting to change. Now I've got some, some, some stuff for you. Many people are saying that if you are out of the playoffs by American Thanksgiving or what Canadians call Thursday, your chances of making the playoffs are generally less than 10%. As of Thanksgiving, the Sharks were 30th in the NHL, seventh in their division. Is there any money that you would possibly put down and say the sharks sneak in no okay then <laughs> so i don't understand why there are other people trying like i get the optimism train um for it but so far based on what we've seen defensively especially from this team i'm like i, I don't even understand how you could possibly throw that out there unless you're purposely being misleading or you're just insanely optimistic like to a fault or option number three you're delusional <laughs> same because here's the because here's the other thing and and people you know people are gonna say oh well 
you know, on January 3rd, 2019, the Blues were in last oh, place and they won dude. the Stanley Cup. I am Cup. so tired of hearing about that. But here's the thing. But here's the thing, right? That in that situation, that is a good team that was kind of going through it a little bit. The Sharks are a bad team. There's not a single fixture of this team where I look and I say, hey, you know what? If one, two, three, four, five things go right, maybe we can probably get in there. And you notice how how very wishy-washy my words are there. Mm-hmm. The Sharks have good foundational pieces. Obviously, they're, you know, they've pretty much identified who their big four, big five, big six are. You know, Hurdle, six. Hurdle, I would say Hurdle, Meyer, Barabanov, Couture. Eric Carlson, Couture, Kakinen. You know, Ferraro, so big seven. Kakinen? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the, the, the Sharks know who their foundational pieces are going forward. You, those are the guys you want to play well. So if those guys play well, you can look and say, hey, you know what? This guy that we're hitching our wagon to, he's playing really well, and that's awesome for us. But at the same time, you also have to take a step back and say, well, you know what? The top is really good, but man, that middle and that bottom It's suck. a cliff, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Sharks, we've talked about it. We, I don't know how many times we've talked about it this year, and we've only done, what, seven shows? You With the where the Sharks are... You need to find positivity, pleasure, excitement, whatever, in individual players, individual plays, individual moments, because you're not going to see big picture happiness or big picture excitement. I just, I just, I still love the fact that the Sharks are 1 7 and 1 if EK doesn't have a point. I'm just going to, boy, Again, man. It goes back, like, I know, you but know, if you're if you're a shark and you're looking up at the board and there's like ten minutes left and you're down a goal and EK hasn't scored, you're like, ah, oh, we're host. <laughs> but if you're looking up at the board, you're down a goal. EK has a point in the game. You're kind of like, oh, there's hope. <laughs> you know well, what again, I mean? I, right. And, and and I think that goes back to like what what I had mentioned earlier, right? Where again, you know, people look at that and they say, oh wow, like people are gonna say, man, you know, that just goes to show you how valuable Eric. Carlson is, you know, he's single-handedly dragging the Sharks kicking and screaming through this season. And maybe that's true. I choose to look at it as like, holy fuck, there's not another option after him. <laughs> Fucking the, the, cause, And you know what? There isn't. <laughs> right. I mean, or even, there might be. He's just playing for a different team. Yeah, possibly. But even, and I, again, I hate to look in the past, but you look at the last time the Sharks were in the playoffs, right? Obviously, Burns and Eric Carlson, like those are your big defensemen that you expect things from. But like, uh, you look Vlasic and Brendan Dillon, and, and and Justin Braun all either got twenty points or flirted with twenty points. Even Tim Heed, Tim Heed had double digit points oh, as a scratch defenseman. Dude, like, remember the days when we used to love on Tim Heed? I still love Tim Heed. <laughs> but my my point is is on a good team and that Sharks team, I hot take. I think that Sharks team was better than 2016. Oh, and well, you know what? All healthy. I, I, I think I would probably be in that camp. Dude. If Martin Jones is average, Ooh. if Martin Jones is average, the Sharks win a Stanley cup that year. <sighs> but anyway, my point is, is that when things are going good, even your guys not really known for offense all that much still get involved. Right. And again, as I said, Mark Edward Vlasic, 25 points in that season. He hasn't even gotten close to 20 since then. 
and not to put all the blame on Vlasic because I think he's been no, quite fuck, good this do year. It. But you get my <laughs> you get my point. Oh no, right? absolutely no. And I would, uh, I I'm not saying it's the Vlasic resurgence tour, revenge tour, redemption tour. None of those things. No, but he's playing better. Yeah. Now the previous it's the three years, revenge tour. If anything, oh yeah. But I mean, when it comes to uh, Vlasic, are we also talking that maybe coming into the season the bar was on the low side? Yeah, that's fair. All right. So let me ask you this: If the Sharks really I mean, care, again, like like think about it like this, right? If if you have nothing, then you have nothing to lose, right? <laughs> if you have nothing, and then there's something, what would you like? Something? Sha, sha. <laughs> but but you get you get my point, right? Oh like sure. If you have nothing, you've got nothing to lose. And that's Vlasic this year. And how many years left? Three? After this? Uh, after this year, we've got Vla- – we the Sharks have Vlasic locked up for three more years after this year. But the it's no longer a full no trade. It's a modified. Correct. Modified so. no trade and the salary cap's going up and the potential buyout becomes more friendly. And he's also playing better. So it, it's kind of anybody's guess. Sure. You know? All right. So if the Sharks do care about ma- really making the playoffs this year, now and they, and, and they're going to tell you they do, all the tires are going to be pumped. Everybody's got an air compressor in their backyard, just waiting to bump it up. But if they're really truly down to try to make a move, because right now it's it it's not looking good. Like I said, so is it time to call up some Cuda players? Because some of the guys, you know, Carlson, Couture, Meyer, I mean, these guys are shouldering a lot. And you can see it. They're they're a little frustrated. EK, you got him breaking sticks over nets earlier this week. In the month of November so far, Bonino, up until tonight, he had two assists tonight. But coming into tonight's game, game 24, Bonino had one assist in November. He's a minus four. Lindblom. One assist dash seven, and then you've got the p the you know the the penalty machine that is Luke Cunning, twenty eight, uh, no thirty eight. I'm sorry, thirty eight penalty minutes in twenty three games. Are you going to tell me that no Cuda player would be an upgrade here? Agazino, Bortolo, Robbins, Eklund. Well, and and or, I, I'm with you. Or with you. is the right call to leave them? Let them marinate and not let the shark stink get off on them so far. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think it's both. I mean, I, I think ultimately what it comes down to, it, it it's it's all clerical, right? I mean, whether we like it or not, and we made this point at the very beginning of the season, whether we like it or not, you know, Bordelow and Eklund, those are the two big guys, right? You know, they have to, you know, the sharks are carrying 14 forwards, you know, 12 regulars, two extras. <laughs> That means if if Bordalo, if Bordalo <laughs> and Eklund want to be on the NHL roster, they need to they I, they need to outperform four players on this team: the two extras and then the two regular two of the regulars. Are you telling and, me they aren't? I mean, again, it's all clerical because you call them up and then what? Right? You're over the roster limit. You're over the salary cap. Setting guys oh, down okay. is probably not enough. It's all clerical, and that's why I say, and I said it on the first episode of the season, you know, Nick Benino is a center. Matt Nieto is a winger who are pending UFAs. Those guys are out the door. Bordelow's a center. Eklund is a winger. It almost seems... Fait complete. 
perfect. And you know what? And and and, and here's the other thing too. Like, it's usually more common that UFAs are traded and RFAs are not. But again, maybe Timo Meyer. I hope not, but maybe Timo Meyer. Maybe Noah Gregor, if he's like, you know what, I'm tired of three fucking coaches in a row not playing me. Maybe <laughs> Noah Gregor. You know what I mean? To like, be fair, Gregor has gotten some ice time over the last five games. And you know what? And I wrote it down, and we're going to talk about it when we get to, you know, bug and windshield. Sure. But Gregor, it, it's exactly as I said last week. Give Gregor ice time. He's going to impress you. What has happened this week? He played all four games. Very good stats. Huge, not huge numbers, but very good stats. Well, I just, I look at the month of, or I'm sorry, wait a minute. What am I looking at? 23 games played. So we're 23 games in. Dude, Oscar Lindblom, four assists, dash eight. Like, it just, it sucks. Why are you he's, here? No, I, I, and I, I understand what you're saying. And I think he is a healthy scratch candidate for sure. And, but again, like, and I, we talked about it last week, right? You still, you know, the guys who have the most skill, you know, you still want to see them do like something, right? And for me, Lindblom is one of those guys. I know the stats are not in his favor, but I think if we were picking, and I even said it in the chat, if you could scroll back up, if you wanted to, like... Limblom is still one of three players that I would be rolling out on that second line with Couture and Barabanov just because of the skill that's had, right? I just, man, I've been so, like, I don't know who's upset me more, Limblom or Cunning, so far. At least Cunning has goals. Uh, I mean, after tonight, sure. <laughs> I mean, did he, didn't he, what is he at now, four? So he, Five. like, doubled his shit tonight? Yeah, he went from three to five. Oh, good for him. Hey, you know what though? Twelve. <laughs> hey, twelve points in twenty-four games. I mean, that's that's not a bad that's not a cl- bad clip to be scoring at for under three million dollars. Is but... he one of those guys that you're looking for one a month from? Is that one? Of, does he fit into that group? No, 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 no. Oh, he does okay. not whatsoever. But all right. But but again, like if you want to be team optimist, if you want to Curtis Brown this shit, like <laughs> Luke Cunning, he's on he's on pace for over forty points this season, which is you know. If you consider the fact that he's underperformed, that's obviously huge optimistic uh, piece of information, and you're hoping that that continues and trends the right way. But again, to the point you just mentioned a couple minutes ago, the penalty minutes and the plus minus, you got to clean that up. Hell yeah! Um, I, you know, it's funny, Jesse. Like, dude, keep your eyes on your own notes. But I just wanted to ask this: Could really use Pouliot right now? Too bad he's hurt in an AHL only contract. So I don't understand that AHL only. I mean, why would you have a guy in the A if you can't bring him up? Um. Well, a lot of it is, you know, guys who don't get an NHL deal. You know, an AHL only contract is their only option. Um, but a lot of it too is, you know, the AHL only deal. It it, it can ostensibly be like a tryout. You know. Mm. I just. Um, and then also like contracts as well. You know, you can only have 50 contracts uh, on the books and the Sharks are currently at 49. So, you know, they want to have some flexibility there. <laughs> Which begs the question, why is Scott Harrington here? I would bet you, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I'm ready to put any kind of scratch on this, but I bet if, you know, if Pouliot continues to w- play the way he has with the Barracuda. How do you and- not g- give him a shot? Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I would wonder, you know, if maybe he keeps playing the way he's playing and then let's say come trade deadline season, let's say the Sharks 
subtract more bodies than they add, let's just say, I could see Pouliot end up with an NHL deal. I mean, I mean, people forget Chichek was on an AHL only deal last year, and he played well enough to get an NHL deal. Well, and uh, how old is Pouliot? Twenty-eight. Shit, how do you not give this guy a fucking look? I mean, you know, just when you look at your roster, for Christ's sake, I mean, <laughs> you sit there and Harrington, Chichek. I thought Chichek's played well. I, I, as have I, but. Like, I just look at it, I'm like, you had the option to bring up Pouliot and you brought up Harrington instead? Like, maybe that's a contractual thing? And and again, I go back to the... No, it I, is. They can't bring Pouliot up. That's the thing. Yeah, see? So that sucks ass. Um, and, and again, it just makes me go, you know... it. Maybe I'm reading the tea leaves different from somebody else. It just feels as if Mike Greer is just kind of like... There is a... Uh, just you know that that what do they call it the the Chinese wall and I'm I'm if if I don't mean that in an offensive way by any way stretch or you know anyway it's the, it's that whole thing of the just we're going to have two distinctive clubs never the twain shall meet unless it's absolutely necessary like for anybody but Dell to come up both Reimer and Kakinen would have to be injured. You know what I mean? Like, even though man is playing out of his ass, or I shouldn't say out of his ass, out of his mind, but man is playing really well. Nope. Don't want it. Like that. This is the season to change the culture. And we brought in these guys to change it. Even though we could bring in more offensively gifted people, not going to do it. Well, and I and I think that comes from wanting wanting the best for your young players, right? I mean, you hear all the time of 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 guys, and I think maybe Nick Robertson in Toronto is an example. Guys who are on the AHL NHL shuttle, and so they're basically, you know, if they're either playing in the AHL, which is good, or they're, you know, most of the time they're on the NHL roster, not skating. Yes. And you see a lot of guys who are say like they're on the shuttle and their development is is you know hindered or it's slowed down just because they're not really doing all that much and I and I and I don't want to say you know <sighs> I don't want to say that the sh- that Mike Greer made a, a a decided effort to tank this year because you know for all the love that tanking gets it is still <laughs> illegal and the Sharks can get fined draft picks and money for doing it openly. But I, I kind of think Greer looked at this team and said, hey, you know what? This is a we'll see what happens kind of team. And we'll just fill the roster with, you know, journeymen, veterans, guys gritty. who will gritty guys, guys who will get us to the next step. You know, pl- I don't want to say placeholders, but placeholders. Yeah, placeholders. And, and again, it's the play the right way, culture, all the, you know, platitudes. and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I think you're going to see once. Once Greer feels as though the Sharks are in a position to legitimately challenge for a playoff spot, that's when you're going to see super aggressive moves. I think. All right, uh, and I just, and again, this is just me being pedantic, but I don't, I don't want to get canceled because I use the wrong term. If you Google the term Chinese Wall, it's used in business, describes a virtual barrier intended to block the exchange of information between departments, which is how I was using it. All right, virtual barrier. So I think that right now is what exists between the Sharks and the CUDA 
unless there's an, you know some sort of emergency where they need to bring up somebody. Now, it's fortunate, of course, that they have Dell because he's already used to that system and it has a ton of veteran presence. Well, and he's going to be the Sharks' backup once Reimer's gone as well. God, with any luck. And 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 again, think about it like this, right? If you're if you're McAniemi or you're Strauss Mann, do you want to get called up and get blitzed on a nightly basis? Right? Yeah, not with this Sharks defense. No. If you're if you're Eklund or Bordalo or Robbins or Gushkin, do you want to get called up and have David Quinn play you seven minutes a night on the fourth line doing nothing? I don't know. To be honest, if if David Quinn is a is a smart coach, which I, I th- kind of think he is, I don't know that they would be playing. I think they'd probably be like the third. Like you'd bring up Robbins, Eklund, and Bordalo. They would be the third line. See, and again, and I would like to think, I would like to think that he is a smart coach too. I genuinely like uh, David Quinn. I think he's a decent coach. But again, you look at <laughs> we've seen worse. You, but you look at the bottom six. I would say the bottom six outside of Sturm and Lorenz has been brutal. And there's been even no, Lorenz. I haven't been that thrilled with, to be honest with you. I think I, I think he's right where we need him to be. Truthfully, no. Oh, oh you meeting expectations, even if those expectations aren't very high. Correct. Okay. And but but again, you know, and they showed the lineup tonight. You know, like like Noah Gregor, like no. And I know there's a lot been said about Noah Gregor, but it's like. Noah Gregor, he's on the third. Like, could like Couture, he's the shooter. Barabanov is the passer. Like, Gregor's got some speed. He's got some shot. He's a very tenacious player. Put him on that line, right? No. Why, and I look, Nick Benino. To your point, you mentioned it. One assist in twenty games. The only reason he's still in the lineup is because he's got a freaking A on his jersey. Like, let's be but, honest. Or, or the fact that there's just literally no one else. I mean, coming into tonight. But Gad- there's not. Gad- Gadjevic was under the weather. Sturm's on IR. Who the fuck else is there? <laughs> the- Sveshnikov? He w- but he played tonight. My point True. being is that That's there was point. nobody to scratch Benino for because the other guys, Sturm and Gadjevic, were already out. And I and okay, sure, that's a fair that's a fair point to bring up in this one situation. But but again, but even then, like if the sharks really want to get fun, like you can <laughs> uh, run froggy, se- you yeah, if they're feeling froggy, you can run seven defensemen. So with Harrington, fuck you. <laughs> I'll tell I you know what I know Harrington. He gets a lot of crap, but you know what? Like he's played two games this year. He's got an assist. He's a plus player. Like I don't like I'm still looking that as as incomplete. Like, I'm not ready to judge him yet. Okay. Uh, we have to move on. Why? <laughs> because because See, I have this some... is our network. <laughs> Says who? Uh, because I have some stuff for you. Uh, Mike okay. Greer broke hockey Twitter last week. We all know by saying he'd listen to any offers uh, or also known as doing your job as a general yep. manager for whatever reason. And it, it, in all of a sudden, 87 different hockey blog, podcast, radio shows, whatever, all just were given all this free content off a relatively benign question. And all eyes were focused on Eric Carlson. Well, for whatever reason, that shift has now moved to Team Wire. 26. He is under team control for only one more season after this. Speculation has already begun, started that he could be one of the more marquee players available in three months' time, if not sooner. 
Uh, Meyer is due a $10 million qualifying offer from the Sharks this offseason if a long-term extension cannot be signed, and he is eligible to become an UFA 2024. It would not make sense for the Sharks to give Meyer that money and let him walk to UFA. So they could still deal him at the 24 trade deadline, but the return could potentially be less than it would be this March or in the summer. So if Greer gets the right offer before March 3rd, he could trade Meyer, whose contract does not have any protection right now. The Sharks can't offer him anything less than what they gave Hurdle, right? I wouldn't say that. I bet I bet if you gave him eight times eight, I bet he would take that. I mean, but isn't that, you know, about what Hurdle right. has? Right. I mean, it's but, not but, a significant difference. No, and I understand that. But I, that's that's more to calm down the people who say that the people who are coming out and saying that Timo Meyer is going to get – uh, you know, the Mitch Marner treatment, right? Which is 11 and a quarter million. <sighs> that's to calm those people down because that's not happening. But do you think it's a case of, here's the thing, is and this is what I worry about. 26, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to give a kid max term, seems probably like the perfect fit. Totally. Uh, but maybe have the Sharks like learned, like, you know what? We keep giving out these ridiculous deals, whether it's, Vlasic, Couture, Hurdle, Carlson. Like, maybe we need to dial this shit back and say, how about uh, 8.5 for seven years? And I think that would be, and, and, and I think, you know, that would be fine too. I mean, I think, especially from Timo Meyer's perspective, right? Say, you know, at 26 years old, right? Like, it, there's sort of two schools of thought because you have on the one hand, somebody would say, well, you know what? I want as much term and as much money as I can get. I want job security, right? And Who then, doesn't? Right, which is completely fair. But then you're going to have the person, you're going to have the other 26-year-old who's going to say, you know what? If I sign a five-year deal that'll bring me to 31, I have one more chance to ring the bell. Nice. Good call. And, you, you think that's and, something and, that Claude Lemieux, Timo's agent, would like be a, a proffer for? I mean, I think ultimately, I don't think it matters. Like, if you get Timo Meyer to eight years, awesome. And if you only, and if you can only get him to five years, that's still plenty of time to sort of massage the situation and get him to sign again. I, I gotta say, I I feel just because of where this team is at right now, I'd prefer the five. And that's fine. And you know, that's especially because you've seen and. We're hopefully coming out the other side of this, but you've seen with the pandemic, a lot of, you know, it's not automatic that you get the eight year contract, you know, because of the, un- <laughs> unless you play for the sharks. No, I'm, I'm just talking with it during the pandemic. Oh, I get you. I get you. Like it's not always automatic. And, you know, somebody may look at that and say, well, you know what? I don't know. I'm the salary cap is still like the, the expectations and the predictions are very generous and they're very optimistic, but there's still a degree of uncertainty with everything because you just don't know. And so Taylor Hall's a prime example and John Klingberg, you know, I could ring the bell now or I can kick it down the road the year and hopefully ring the bell even more. And so because I think we're coming out on the other end of this, I think Timo Meyer would be more likely to sign an eight year deal just because again, by all indications, you know, he wants to be here, right? Well, and and I and I still say all along that the the ten million dollar QO, I still say that it's a false flag, to be honest. See, and and that's that's not what I'm worried about. It's I'm a little more worried about. Does Timo say we've missed 
the playoffs for three years. We're we're missing it for the fourth. Do you know the tea leaves? At least as it stands right now. Uh, look, social media crowd is saying, "Hey, Timo might be a great fit for the Leafs. Maybe a great fit for the Islanders." Are those teams a bit more closer to the big shiny thing than San Jose is going to be over the next five, six years when he is in his prime? Maybe he decides that, you know what? It's time for me to get the hell out of San Jose because I want a better shot. And right now, I don't see it happening in San Jose. Right. And I and I understand what you're saying. And I and I to a degree I agree with it. And it's why I've said you know, it, it all depends on where this team ends up, right? If if they're on a two-year plan, it makes more sense to keep him. If they're on a five-year plan, it makes more sense to throw him overboard. I, I mean, I've said that many times. But here's the other thing I would look at, right? It pretty much, I would say pretty much for the last three seasons, Timo and Hurdle have been stapled together. I have to think when Hurdle put pen to paper, <laughs> I have to think Meyer was like, yes, my guy, no, my sticking, man, my man is sticking around. I feel that Timo by, and again, I don't know this based on any inside information, <laughs> just from outside perspective. I don't know that it's fact. I just Tim, know that it's true. Timo and Eric Carlson appear to be really good buddies and appear to play well together. If I'm Timo, I'm looking, huh, you know, my buddy Hurdle has got seven more years after this year. My buddy Eric Carlson's got four more years after this year. I think I want to stick around with my buddies. I've been here a long time. I love the city. I love the team. I love this. I love that. My buddies are here. All right. Uh, let me you know, ask you the, this. The, the here's the thing. The grass is not always greener on the other side. The grass is where you the grass is greener where you water it. Dude, that needs to be on a t shirt. And I know, I know Ian is going to know where I got that quote from, but right. that's, well, but the point is, you know, it's not always like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, no, I feel you. Ian predicting 9.5 a year. Uh, no more than that. My quote, well, see, I look at that and I go, fuck you, let him walk. Like, I think that, I'm sorry, I think that's too much. Even though the cap is going up, the first thing I'm going to ask you, because you're the king of asking this question, or sure. I shouldn't say asking it, but at least throwing up the comparison. Uh, what's Matty Barzal making right now? Oh, you're going to go that route. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go that route because if memory serves, Barzal definitely had, like the first three years, he definitely was like, yeah, I'm the better of these two. But the last, you know, two years, I think Timo was making a case for himself. Like maybe right, which you're I am, not the best, which I understand. And and team and Barzell, he he is. Uh, um, he's, he's got a lot of make, assists. He's not scoring a lot of goals. Right, and he is set to make nine point one five million starting next year. Uh, he is he is on pace. You know, he is scoring at a better pace than Timo Meyer is this year. You know, Matt Matt Barzell is on pace uh, for eighty nine points, whereas Timo Meyer is on pace for quick math. 80, I don't know, 84. So it's not that big of a difference. But, but now, now, can't we also qualify the fact that Barzell is on a better team right now? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Eel, the Islanders... Ian pointing out too that Barzell's a center. Right. And, and, and Bauer, yes, he's a center. And yes, the Islanders are a better team right now. But again, and it's easy. Don't, I, I don't want you to think that I don't respect your question because I do. But, I kind of feel like 
I don't know, like saying, well, this player got this, so this player should get this. I don't know that it's a fair comparison. Not that they should, but something comparable. Sure, right, which I understand, and that's an easy thing to do. But again, I think I think it's all it's all case by case, right? It's like, you know, what do you think about the team? What do you think about the city? Do you like the direction? Do you like your buddies? You know what I mean? I think, you know, a prime example of that would be would be Tomas Hurdle, right? Tomas Hurdle is making uh, you know, almost almost eight and a quarter million dollars. I think you could make a pretty convincing argument that had he been, you know what, I'm going to go to UFA and see what's out there. He probably could have been a $9 million player. <laughs> and Nine you know, and a half. No, no, no. And I agree with you, but the thing that's making me kind of chuckle a little bit is, do you, I, I'm sure you remember like a couple seasons ago mm-hmm. that every time we would bring up the name Tomas Hurdle, it would be like, oh, but his knees. Yeah. <laughs> remember that crap? Yeah. When was the and- last time Tomas Hurdle had an injury? Uh, like four years ago, I was gonna. Say, I mean, as long assuming you don't count COVID as an injury, right? Yeah, no, I don't. So, like uh, the last time the Sharks went to the playoffs, right? Yeah, that <laughs> like would have literally been, the, his last injury. Yeah, that would no, that would have been uh, would have been COVID season one when he he banged himself up, yeah, um, with the knee injury. But again, that was I hear all that. I'm like, f you, right? Like he played every game this year so far. He's played every game last year. He missed six games in the hub season because of COVID. You know, yeah, can, can hardly blame that on him, right? So like, I went out inside and breathed. What am I going to do? Right, like at a certain and and I understand. And again, it's an easy narrative, right? Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, like <laughs> at a certain point, things are just not issues anymore, right? Sure, absolutely. And and yeah, if, if somebody ever brings up hurdles knees again, I'm gonna. T- <laughs> you want to talk about his knees? Let's talk about his nephews. Hey, get it? Nieces, knees. No, okay, never mind. All right, let's move on to the goalies before we finish this shit up. Uh, the funny part of earlier this week is when Aaron Dell got called up after Reimer was reported to have an LBI and didn't make the trip to Seattle, and but all the speculation was, didn't Reimer get traded? No. <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? It was. It was a real fun, like, 36 hours, to be honest. But it has been such a seesaw Roller coaster with the Sharks goalies. Let me just throw these out. Reimer over his last six posts an 857 garbage. Prior to that, 976. Oh, yeah. Prior to that, 700. Fuck you. 923. Oh, yeah. Prior to that, 933. Hell, yeah. Then Kakinen, his last five, including tonight, 800. Oh, kicking the smalls. Prior to that, 731. Oh, you suck. Prior to that, 974. Hey, now? But then 875 and 886. So it is, there is no, you know, middle ground with the Sharks goaltenders seemingly this season. They're either going to kick it or they're going to get kicked. Or let me put, let me put this in Hedekin speak. They're either going to kick butt or they're going to be a, uh, what is it? A, they're either going to get their butt kicked or they're going to be a kick butter. There is no middle ground. It is amazing. Nobody nobody wants to be the Martin Jones 896 guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the special teams have been uh, pretty decent. Going into the Vancouver game tonight, the Sharks 20% on the power play. 2 for 10, 85%. And 
you'll hear Drew Remender, you hear a lot of people say, if you can make those two percentages equal more than 100%, you're going to be pretty decent. Right now it's 105%. The Sharks are not that great. They've allowed two power play goals in their last three games. So let's see if this four-game road trip to the Northeast can help solidify some things. Jerk, let's move on to the hero and zero of the week. I got mine. Who's yours? Well, I I kind of alluded to it earlier, uh, and I'm going to stick with it partially to – I don't want to – I don't have to change mine, do I? No, 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 no. Okay. And I'm not rubbing your nose in it, but somebody's (laughs) nose is getting rubbed into it. (laughs) Noah Gregor. Oh, see? And and dude, you know the, the rundown has an honorable mention. Absolutely. Right. Go ahead. And 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 the thing and again, with Noah Gregor, we talked about it pretty much the last two weeks. We've said, look, whatever you want to say about the sharks, like eventually you have to start trying other things. You have to put people in positions to succeed. We've felt that Noah Gregor has not been in that place up to this point. And you know, everything that's gone on, obviously Gadjevich is ill and Sturm is hurt, and so there's sort of extenuating circumstances, but Gregor like he was all- going to give a look whether you wanted to or not. Exactly. You know, David Quinn was forced to play him and you know what? It's worked out. He played all four games this, uh, this, this week. He, you know, he did have a goal. He had a goal in the first game. So you kind of get that extra like, Hey man, maybe play me and more of this will come. Right. But dude, I think he's used his speed really well. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's been defensively sound. The the thing for me is I got to ask, how is it that he's been scratched all these games? Let, he continued on with Lindblom or Bonino. Again, and that, that kind of ties back to that kind of ties back to what I was inferring um, about David Quinn hopefully being a smart coach, <laughs> <laughs> right? And but again, even it goes, it's so much more than that, right? You look at the, you know, the goal is obviously really nice, and as to your point, he's used his speed really well. But here's the thing: the Sharks have won this this week four games. They lost three of them. Gregor, plus player, through it all. Love it. 11 shots on goal for him, which, again, you can't score if you don't shoot, right? Mm -hmm. Gregor's 11 shots on goal, that was good for, he was third on the team this week in shots on goal, which is awesome. Five hits, three block shots, five takeaways. Guy is doing literally everything. Yeah, fired up, dude. I mean, like, you get what you pay for. Literally I mean, you're getting, yeah, like, dude, that's high return on investment. That's what I'm saying. And so that's to my point is like, okay, maybe I mean, Sturm, maybe Sturm comes back after this road trip. Maybe Gadjevich gets healthy. Maybe he gets in. But I would hope as somebody who I don't want to pretend like I'm anywhere close to NHL coach, but like I look at what's going on. And if I were a coach, I'm like, you know what? At the very least, this guy is building up equity to stay in the lineup when people start getting healthy. Well, do. He's only 24. He's all, he's making less than a million dollars. Yeah. And he's going to be RFA. So it's a, even if the Sharks, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to say this. If they're dumb enough to not re-sign him in some way, shape, or form, someone's picking him up. I mean, Christ almighty, if they picked up Balsers. Well, and this, <laughs> and that's been, that's been the theme, um, pretty much pretty much since the pandemic started, right? I mean, we were, you remember, I'm sure you do, he... You know, so started the pandemic. Pl- yeah, it was in all the papers. I saw it. <laughs> right, but like he started playing. You know, towards the uh, towards the shutdown two and a half years ago, he started playing with Couture and was playing really well. Yeah. That following season, 
never made it back to that line. And then last year, very rarely made it back to that line. And even this year has not made it back to that line. Can you take so care of the chat, like, please? Yep. So it's like, you know, this player, Noah Gregor, he's done nothing but prove himself. And it's still showing not to be enough, right? And see, that's the part that I kind of look at Quinn and I'm like, you know, what is it that you're not getting from Gregor, but you feel like you are from Lindblom? Or Nieto or Benino but, oh or man, you just Conan. Nieto. No, but it's all I'm those starting guys. to feel is it because he's Hispanic? No, okay, gee, don't even say that. <laughs> but like look at this lineup tonight. You know? Like Well, I mean, what else was there? Everybody else is injured. Honestly, Svechnikov and Lorenz. Yeah. They're good in my book. I right? see I like Svechnikov. And you know that I've been a proponent of Svetch from early on, but I will say, kind of like the last five, six games, I've been a little, a little like, ooh, dude, you're you're making some bad decisions. Sure, and that's fair. But to your point, you mentioned Limblom, you mentioned Benino, um, Gadjevich. I know he's sick, and it's not fair, but I would lump him in there as well. Matt Nieto as well. He's obviously, to your point, he's played well lately, but still, it's not sustainable level of play. Yes. And it's like... At worst, at absolute worst, you're going to get the same thing out of Noah Gregor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if things maybe go the way they're supposed to, right, you well, could get 10 goals out of Noah Gregor, 15. Oh, oh I, I completely no, he, agree with you. Let me ask you this. Do you think that Gregor is potentially, and we might have already said this before, like maybe a season ago, do you think Gregor is like Nieto? 2.0 where it's like no. it's, a, it's a guy real okay well let me let me put it in context first it's a guy who's got speed he's got a you know a, not a world beater shot but he's got you know some decent hands well I, I would say I would argue that Gregor's hands are better than Nieto's but decent speed can kill penalties maybe is not deployed the way that you would want him to similar to how Nieto was deployed in San Jose before he went to Colorado um, I, I get what you're saying and I respect it, but, <laughs> but you're wrong. Well, no, I just, <laughs> it's not that you're wrong. It's just that I don't agree. Oh, okay. Because, you're just not as right as, as jerk is. Well, because I, I, I do <laughs> think like the speed and the penalty killing, it's an obvious comparison, yeah, but I mean, you get where I'm going. Right. But Gregor is more physical. I th and I think Gregor is better offensively. That's the, the key no, difference. No, there. Agree. Agree. Agree with that. Totally. Um, so Gregor <laughs> is your hero of the week. Correct. All right. So I'm going to go with Barbie. I know that's your man, right? Can I say something real quick about that? Sure. Would, would it be a bit heroic? Oh, fuck. You, Here we go. Would it be a bit heroic to heroic. list, to list Barabanov as a sleeper pick for team MVP? Is that a bit heroic? Oh boy. I mean, you know, he had that slow start because I know Camp missed a couple of games. You know, I, I think that's uh, I think you're fishing for some foreseen points, but that's not to say you don't get something on the reel by uh, March. Sure. So I mean, I just look to I mean to your point, and obviously this is your player. I'll let you talk about it, but you know, he didn't have a training camp. He started the season injured. Right. And he's fifth on, and he's fifth on the team in scoring. Dude, that's what I'm saying. How, how is he looking on that module? 
<laughs> he uh, so he's kind of middle of the road on the module, but but again, late start, right? Late start, and you know, two two of his three goals are high value. Gotta love it. So it's so it's, you know he's chipping away, and again, we've talked about it all along. Like Barabanov's the one guy where I'm like, yeah, if you got seven goals, ten goals, whatever, because you're gonna get forty assists. Oh yeah, no, but he's a guy that I feel like fifteen to eighteen goals should be like yeah that's yeah that's like i think sweet spot that's like i would say that's his ceiling like if he could be a 12 goal 50 assist guy i think that's perfect yeah no i'm and, you may, know, I'm, and maybe I'm, that's I'm pushing a, for 15 maybe that's a reach but i just think you're never gonna he's not a goal scorer bottom line yeah. you know um long island advantage nieto wins from alex uh you know nieto's from long beach right <laughs> wrong coast bro <laughs> uh but my hero for the week barabanov four games prior to tonight against vancouver barbie as we uh as jerk and i like to say quietly putting up things uh two goals and an assist but had an assist tonight only meyer and couture have more goals during the the previous four games and during that same time he was a plus three while hurdle was even and leads the team in shooting percentage at twenty eight point six. Third on the team. Third on the team in assists. Right. He did have a kind of a. I, I said it at the top of the show when we first started talking about tonight's game against Vancouver. He did kind of have a stupid pass tonight. He got to fire that puck. Mm-hmm. But uh, my man, like, if he's, you know, it, it's one of those things where I feel like he's getting better game over game, and that's really recognized when you consider where he was mid-October. Well, you know? and 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 not only that, but I would say, and maybe you agree, maybe you don't, he is one of a very small number of players who I feel like almost never do anything wrong. You're right. Like, has he had, and, you know, he's played, you know, with the Sharks as it stands right now, he's played... Do some quick math here. He's played 99 games with the Sharks. Can you remember a bad game? I mean, I can remember a game where it's, you know, like there's a game here there was just kind of like like tonight where there's not a bad game, but, a, you know, a couple pieces here there like, oh, my God, like tonight. I was like, oh, fuck, Barbie, you got to fire that puck. But then he'd make three other plays where you're like, oh, yeah, that's my man. Well, and again, to your to your point, that that moment where it's like, oh, you have to fire the puck. His his decision there didn't hurt the team. Did great point, and that leads me to mine, which is I can't ever remember watching a game where I'm like, "Oh fuck, Barabanov, what are you doing?" Yeah, I, I agree. Nine, Ninety nine games with the Sharks. I've not seen a bad game. All right, let's move to the zero then. Uh, can I start? Or you want to start? Go for it. Uh, Mario Ferraro. I, I love you, man. You are Captain Energy. You I are... feel bad three weeks in a row. <laughs> Why? Did you have him last week? I had him the last two weeks. Oh, Jesus. Oh, uh, well. I'm, I'm Okay, I didn't mean to pile on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's now on IR. Uh, but I just... It's funny that even Quinn called this out that maybe he's just trying to do too much in Burns' absence. Uh, mm-hmm. At the beginning of the season, before it even started... Ferraro was asked about the absence of Brent Burns, and he said, you know, I need to bring a little more offense to my game. I need to, you know, be some sort of a threat that people respect, and so he's got to bring that. 
And maybe it's just a case of, I think Mario is just trying to do too much. And so I say, Ferraro, take this time on IR, get back to your game, man. A little, a little more Justin Braun Vlasic and a yep. little less Burns Carlson. Very No, I, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. That's sort of, you know, and people are going to say things, you know, but sort of oh, that. Oh, many people are saying. Right, but sort of that that Justin Braun, Brendan Dillon, Brad Stewart 2.0 style, where mm-hmm. you're more you're more worried about your side of the ice, your physical, you skate, you know, like don't like I know it. Everybody wants to score goals, but some people just it's not their job. And and we've as we've talked about the last this is now the the fourth show in a row we've talked about this. <laughs> Ferraro Ferraro was at his best his rookie year when he was the physical sort of defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. And this year he, and like you said, he's not going full offensive defenseman, but he's trying to open up to that side a little bit. And it's, I think it's put him in a pinch. I mean, he's the worst plus minus player on the team right now by far, by far. And again, it says a lot when it says a lot when you are worse plus minus than your own D partner. <laughs> Cause usually those numbers are, are, close mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. maybe they're not the same but they're close mm-hmm. and it's not even and it's not even close <sighs> all right uh your zero for the week sir i mean i don't <laughs> it, like ferrara's a really good pick well no and it, and, <laughs> and i i part of me like i feel it feels like i'm not doing the situation justice because i've gone back to the what this well many times but you know everybody is just sort of not that great, you know, and there wasn't really, <laughs> you're like, going with the whole know, team, are you? <laughs> well, and I know, and I've said that multiple times, but like nobody has really stood out as being like tremendously bad, right? <laughs> or tremendously I, good, aside from EK65. Right. I mean, I would say, I mean, I would say James Reimer just for, oh, only because, and again, this is extremely painful to do this, but like, you know, you miss the game on Wednesday and then you get blitzed on Friday. Like, you know, don't worry about playing. Worry about being healthy. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's at some point that's maybe, is it, is it me? Do you think, and, and I'm going to ask you to, uh, to, to kind of vamp for about 30 seconds, but do you think there are just, Maybe more than Ferraro. There's just a couple guys, that, and, and and we again. It's I don't, I don't want to say it's an easy out or cliche or a platitude, but it's the idea of this team. Even though it's been said, I don't know how many times, but through 24 games, you're not talented enough. So you mm-hmm. need to outwork. You need to outsmart the other team. You don't have enough talent, unfortunately. Like whether that's a hard truth to admit or not so like give me a line like if you if you're top six it's you know it's hurdle it's meyer it's lebank it's couture it's barabanoff it's i don't know i mean nieto really see like right there if nieto is in your top six how do you fix this well and and i think kind of like what the point that you were mentioning was you know, we know we know the Sharks are not a good team this year. And so you're not going to have, like I said, big picture 
success, big picture in excitement, big picture happiness, right? So you need to find you need to find sort of the the one-off success, the the smaller doses of success, the foundational moments, right? And I think the Sharks, you know, whatever you want to say about the team as a whole, I think those first five forwards you mentioned, obviously the top line and then Couture and Barabanov on line two, I think that's actually a really good, you know, top five group of forwards. And so then clearly they've tried Nieto there. It's, I mean, yes, he's gotten a couple goals in that position and that's good for him. But again, to me, it's unsustainable play. And I think given where the Sharks are at, you know, wanting to look for those sort of smaller doses, those smaller pictures of success and excitement, I would kind of make that sixth top six spot more of a rotating spot. Put Gregor there, put Cun in there, Lindblom. You don't Lom. think that's going to piss off Couture? <laughs> you know, but again, I, I, again, I, you know what, if it does, if it does piss off Couture, it is what it is. I mean, obviously it's been said by everybody, uh, you know, people like us whose words mean nothing. And then people who are actually connected to the team and everybody in between, like the sharks are in transition. And if somebody who's on the right now team doesn't like looking to the future, then they're going to become part of the past. Let me ask you a question. Sure. I'm sorry. Let me give you three names. I would like you to put them in order. Okay. (coughs) So you, your your second in order by what of <laughs> uh, preferred winger so, on that second line you so, mean yes so okay. you have Couture mm-hmm. and you have Barabanov yes yep let me give you three names that you would who 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 are you putting out there in order Nieto Dolan Balsers who. Is Nieto third on that list? Correct. And you've just made my point. So let's move on. I think to answer (laughs) your question, though, I I do think, and maybe this is a cheap answer, but I kind of feel like between Dolan and Balsers, I think I would flip a coin. Only because with Dolan, he's obviously very offensively talented. He's got the shot. He's got the speed, all that kind of stuff. That's obviously an asset. With Balsers, he's more of the complete package. He also skates really well. He's more defensively sound. He's got, I think, an underrated shot as well. I think between those two, I think I would flip a coin and be happy with either one. Either way, we're rating both of them higher than Nieto, which to me highlights the lack of talent. Again, and and the thing is with Nieto, like, I ultimately do think he has a place on this team. I'm, it's just that's it's just not at. where he is right now. Yeah. It, it, again, it goes back to the whole deployment issue from, you know, the pre-Colorado era. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. Uh, some quick hits here for you. Uh, if you didn't see it on social media, the Sharks have brought in Tara Sloan. Love this. Uh, as do I. Um, you know, and we're going to get into this for a second. She's going to be hosting some features and a podcast because, you know, that's if, if you, um, last time I looked, if you have a heartbeat and you breathe oxygen, you have to have a podcast and, uh, doing whatever, whatever else the team wants her to do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if she's going to split any time with Emily Harlan as an in-game host. Cause I mean, maybe Emily might have something else to do. Or it's a way to introduce Tara more to the fan base? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think that would be the move. I think she was more of, like, 
I, I almost wonder if she's kind of sort of laying the foundation to be maybe the heir apparent to like a Remenda or fuck a, a you. She's not going to be a color analyst. Why not? She, I mean, no, she's... I'm not saying she doesn't have the talent. I just don't see that. If anything, I see her being more of like an heir apparent or a partner for Ted Raimi, like doing more stuff on the audio, on the audio network side of it. No, and, and I think that's fine, but she's not really like the in-game, you know, host. Like she's like actually like more of like a like if anything, she no, could the, she could take over for Brody. Like she's more of like a, more of the journalist. Can she take over for Curtis Brown? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I think it's an awesome pickup for the Sharks. Like I just all the work she's done with Sportsnet, like I yeah, I and, pick and, the hell out of her. I think she's a solid ad. As, as do I. And and when I say. But I don't mean replacing Emily Harlow. I'm just saying, like, maybe bringing Tara in once or twice just as more of a way to kind of introduce her a little bit more to the fan base. Because let's be honest, there's, I'm guaranteeing you, there's a whole bunch of fans who go to games. They know who Emily is. They don't have a clue who Tara is because they're just not familiar. And I, and that's fair. So and I don't, and I, and I don't want to disparage Emily because I actually quite like her, but. I well, think that makes one of the, us. <laughs> right, but <laughs> like I'm the, kidding. But like the the in-game sort of host like like that's not like like there's so like Tara Sloan like she that's, she brings so much more than I that. I was going to say like I'm I'm not trying to say that's beneath her but it's beneath her. Right, and and like Ian's saying, you know, the talent she has like you're better off using that elsewhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I hope she does like more features. Maybe she takes over, like you were saying, taking over for Brody, maybe in the context of like when Brody used to do those uh, Sharks Central things, you know, where he'd like be, uh, I don't know, like in a car shopping with Timo Meyer or going to get coffee with Brent Burns. Maybe Tara picks up the slack in that regard. I think that would be great. The one thing that I found out that I had no idea about this, and I think this is so fucking awesome, mm-hmm. is that evidently Tara used to have a band called Joy Drop. Okay. And she that band has a song called Beautiful. And I looked it up. Dude, I like I don't know what year that came up, but I when I looked, I'm like, I looked up this or I looked up the band Joy Drop, and the first thing was beautiful. And I'm like, why does this song sound from or why does the the title sound familiar that I played it? I'm like Holy shit, dude, I used to play that crap out of this. Dude, I loved that song. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of cool that I, I, you know, I never put the two together, never knew that until this, until she put out the uh, kind of uh, resume, bio, whatever that she shared with Sharks fans. I encourage you to check out the song. It's a re- I, I really like it. Uh, it's kind of a industrial paramour kind of a sound. I don't know. Um, the other thing that should be noted, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to stir the pot. I'm just noting fact. There, sure. w- there was a dust-up between Couture and Sloan back in 2020 during COVID. And there's a whole incident you know, with Couture that he tweeted about where he got sucker punched in Toronto. I'm not going to get into the specifics. That's what Google exists for. I'm just saying there is a little bit of a history there. So if you want to learn more about it, you can, but as far as I know, it's all been tied up into a nice tidy little bow. There you go. Uh, the sharks, if you don't know, if you want to get some tickets, they've announced no fees for ticket purchases through December 2nd. So if you hate Ticketmaster as much as I do, now's the time to get some tickets, uh, not to 
you know, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm being a realist. Might be a good time to look at buying tickets for future games when the, you know, the team is, uh, you know, lost four of their last or five of their last six. Maybe a good time. Uh, also, same from what I understand, same deal with the Barracuda. And I mean, you want to talk about cheap tickets for a great product, right? Get some Barracuda tickets. Um, so either way, uh, the promotion does not apply evidently to verified resellers. So basically, season ticket holders that are reselling games. So choose the blue circles, not the pink circles. <laughs> if you want to get the no fees is what I'm going for when you're there on you Ticketmaster. Huh? He said, there you have it. Yeah. Uh, Jersey Curse. So this came up. I was talking to Brody on fr- who? Uh, on Friday night, and we were talking about the uh, reverse retro jersey, and he was talking about how much fans hated the black jerseys because, oh, they always lose in that. And it made me go back in time, and I go, you know what? Let's take a look at that. So real quickly, I just want to point out a couple things. Reverse Retro 2.0, the Sharks are 0-1 against the Kings last Friday. Sounds right? Yep. Reverse Retro 1.0, the Sharks winless, 0-3-1. The first time they ever wore it was against Vegas in a 5-4 loss back in March of 21. Their 30th Heritage jersey, they lost their first game in that one to the Blues, and they were 3-6-0. and oh. The Stealth jersey, a jersey that everybody shit on. Oh, we suck in the black jerseys. Actually, the first game they ever played in Stealth was actually a 5-1 victory to Buffalo, and they were 6-6. Six and six. They were 500 in that jersey. Mm-hmm. The 25th Heritage First time they ever wore it was a loss to Columbus. They were 0-3-2. And, and then another one that a lot of people dump on is black armor. And if you go back to the first year that they wore black armor, they had a great record in the 10-2-2. Two, and, two, and their first time wearing it, 7-2, or I'm sorry, it was a 7-2 win versus Washington. So for as much as people dump on that, it's either way. I just f- kind of find it funny, but then you throw in the stadium series Jersey. They never won a game in those three games. Never won once. <laughs> and then Vegas last night, the first time they wear their reverse retro 2.0s and they got fucking smoked five to one should have been a shutout. But Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because it's like I I see that from time to time. Oh, we suck in this jersey. We suck. Well, you know, if you actually go and look at the numbers, they actually weren't that bad. I just think with the whole jersey curse thing, like here's the thing: I don't believe in Santa Claus, which means, <laughs> which means I also Who? don't, which I, which means I also don't believe in the way you play and the way luck works out is determined by what color your jersey is. Hey, make your own luck, baby. Well, just, but not only that, but like, here's the other thing. <laughs> How many games? I mean, I mean, right here. Okay. The, uh, a prime, a good example here. Uh, the black armor Jersey, the first game, the first season they wore the black armor Jersey. Mm-hmm. They wore it 14 times. Mm-hmm. How many times did they wear the white Jersey? I don't know. 41. To... Okay. Then my point is, Oh, you're right. If you have a losing record in a specialty Jersey, 
that's not really that profound well, of a statement because you wear well, it the least amount of time. Well, not only that, dude. <laughs> it, last I looked, the Sharks rolled out brand new jerseys this season. They have a losing record. Fucking burn them. No, yeah, but that's <laughs> the but evolved that's what jerseys. I'm burn them. But that's what I'm saying. You could be like if you're zero and two, like right here, zero and three in the Stadium Series jersey, and everybody cries about it. <laughs> that's what I'm you, saying. <laughs> but you could be, but you know, the Sharks right, the Sharks right now are, uh, you know, at home they're two eight and four in their new teal jerseys, and nobody's saying shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so funny. Uh, no, you get you get me, jerk. You get me. Um, <laughs> Are we surprised that nothing's happened as we move on to the NHL at large? And we're going to get to the giveaways here in a second. Uh, are you surprised that nothing happened in Edmonton? Because I'm sorry, like barely over 500. And it, and you, dude, you can't fire Woodcroft. They hired him midseason last year, for Christ's sakes. And yeah, okay, they lost to Vander Kane a couple of weeks ago. But dude, you have arguably, if you don't have the two best players in the NHL, you have two of the best three. Mm-hmm. And this is where you're at right now? I mean, I just think I like going into you're like, okay, so here's our strategy. We're really going to hope that Seattle sucks again. Well, and, and kind of like how, you know, we had, you know, we had talked about last week, you know, they're not, you know, specifically Fogel, Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. They're not getting enough from those three players. I mean, mm -hmm. that's kind of like, that's again, to your point, they have two of, I would say, I would say two of the best of the four best players in the league. And, you know, Obviously, they can drag the team well on their own. But again, you're three forwards that you need contributions from, and they're not getting it. We also, you know, when we when we did, you know, kind of the Edmonton Oilers preview over the summer, one of the things that we talked about was the team is really good at forward, but how is that defense going to fare? And defensively, the team has not been very good. Mm -mm. I mean, they're be like, obviously, you know, Cody Cece and Darnell Nurse, they're looking good. That also happens to be their top pair. So, you know, but they're not getting, you know, they're not getting a whole lot of positive things from, you know, Barry and Kulak, obviously, in terms of Barry, very, you know, decent stats. But again, minus players and same thing. Ryan Murray and Evan Bouchard. Evan Bouchard is another big one, too. Like, he <coughs> had a crazy epic year for them last year, and he's not even close to sniffing that this year. I mean, that doesn't help. And then, obviously, the goaltending is the big one. Are are you surprised that either Gibson or Stollers or both haven't like said get me the fuck out of Anaheim? You know, I was kind of thinking, and we had even talked about this a lot last year before the Oilers had signed Jack Campbell. I was, you know, we were all kind of like, hey, maybe there's mm -hmm. a situation where John Gibson ends up in Edmonton. Would have been nice. I just, I, whew, I did, I did not like, I, I had. Anaheim pretty low, like probably in the bottom five. I really didn't have them in the basement this earlier, or maybe it's just the fact that I didn't think, you know, Chicago and Arizona were going to do as well as they have, or I didn't think Columbus was going to suck as much as they have. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I certainly didn't have Anaheim at the, at the very bottom of my card at, the, at this point. I, You're I, the only one. Really? See, yeah. I, I felt like Arizona or Montreal or Ottawa, like there could have been or Chicago. I mean, Chicago seems engineered to fail, but <laughs> the, you know, but the, you know, they're doing better. Although, I mean, they do only have one win in their last 10, but still. <laughs> um, so 
here here's something and I and in stick taps to Ian for uh showing this. Uh, evidently there was a game between Colorado and Dallas last night. And there was a play. Somebody needs to explain this to me because I don't get it. The play was killed due to an injury. There's no injury, no penalty. Oh boy. Manson got high sticks. Should be full Look on it. four today. Hey, coach, coach is smiling. Do you see that? We're smiling up here too, folks. <laughs> I've never heard this in my entire life in the NHL. There's no injury, so there's no penalty. Are you kidding? I mean, you look at that <laughs> in the replay. Marchment clearly catches Manson in the grill. Oh, but Manson, there was no injury, so there's no penalty. This is what we're going to fucking, this is how we're doing the NHL now? Yeah, that. Are you kidding? That's a really stupid move. And you know what it actually made me think about? To, to, to me, it's not a stupid move. It's just like, if no, you stupid. ever wanted a sign like from an official to go, we're idiots and don't belong here. I mean, this was it. Right. No, you know what? It reminds me of it reminds me of uh back in 2016, there one of the Sharks games against Nashville. Uh Paul Martin in it was the triple overtime game. Paul Martin got high sticked, <laughs> but because the stick and, and and he was bleeding <laughs> because the stick the... was made of wood and not carbon fiber. No, no call. <laughs> no, he got Paul Martin got high sticked and he was bleeding, but it was only a two minute penalty because the high the stick opened an existing cut. Oh my god! <laughs> Thus proving he got hit in the face. Right, but but again, uh. but I'm saying okay, it's an existing cut that was still hit hard enough to reopen. Yeah. So again, it, that's immediately what I thought of when I saw this, and it to me, it's just a weak call, and it kind of goes back to to a to a, a a soapbox that I've carried around quite a bit the last few years, where like the referees and the linesmen, and I don't want to disparage them. One of my best friends went through the training program, so I I sympathize. But the referees and the linesmen, they are giving miles of leash and miles of leniency and 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 all of that stuff and if a player has a freaking beard hair out of line <laughs> pick up the biggest book you can find and throw it at them oh dude and again to me this is another example do you think the nhl is going to come out and say hey you know Whoopsie. what uh, our official you know our officials made a costly error and it affected this game and you know we're gonna be better next time hell no well, they did it for vegas yeah, okay, but again, we <laughs> whatever. Am we I wrong? <laughs> you get my point. Absolutely. Oh man. So I mean, let's go from one comically bad error to another. Ooh, Barracuda. So the Barracuda, which I sh I do want to point out before we get into the Cuda cuddle here, uh, we will have Ian Reed on next week following Shark Sabers to go a little bit more in depth and what has happened with the Barracuda so far this season. Right now, the Cuda have played three games this week to wrap up a five game roadie. Tristan Robbins, 
got one versus the Ontario Rain, which is great until I tell you that that goal came after the Rain had scored five straight. Not McAniemi's best night. But I'm wondering, how is Quentin Byfield not up with the Kings? Uh, oh, maybe it's because the Kings are actually doing okay and don't need the help. Could be. Against the Henderson Silver Knights on Black Friday, the Cuda won 5-2, scoring three straight in the third and a three-point night for Agazino. In a game that Straussman started, but McAnemy, he finished it after the first intermission. Evidently, Straussman coming down with a little bit of the turkey flu, maybe? We're not sure. Finally, the Cuda finished their week last night against Bakersfield, beating the Condors 2-1 on goals from Gushkin and Cease, whose game winner came with two minutes left in the game. Uh, help me with the pronunciation, Drake. Is, is it uh, Nijev? Kinyajev. Kinyajev. I'm, I'm, and, and then what's the other guy who's on IR right now? Kinyajev. Kinyajev and Kinyajev? Kinyajev. I'm never going to get this. All right. Kinya, you're going to have to write it phonetically in the notes for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kinyajev assisted on both Kuda goals. Newest Barracuda player, Jalen. Go ahead. <laughs> I, well, Smeric? I, I believe that it's Smeric. I don't want to get it wrong, but I believe that it is Smeric. All right. Newest Kuda player, Jalen Smeric. Also, where's Lacey when you need him? Also assisted on the game winner. If you don't know, Jalen Smerrick was signed to a PTO so far this year at 25 years old. Has appeared in 12 games with the ECHL Cincinnati Cyclones, notching two goals, 10 assists, 16 penalty minutes with a plus 15 rating. So he's uh, making shit happen. The Cooter are going to start a six-game homestand this week. They're going to play back-to-backs against Iowa this Tuesday and Wednesday. And then a pair this weekend hosting the Roadrunners. Cool thing is that I believe that game, the second game against the Roadrunners, starts a couple hours or at least one hour before Shark Sabres next week. So that's going to be a perfect time to get Ian on and give a uh, fresh perspective. Right now, the Barracuda are 10-7-1. and Currently listed fifth in the Pacific Division. That said, six of ten teams were in action today. So coming in this morning when I woke up, they were fourth, but have since dropped to fifth. I want to do a little prospect focus of the week right now. Ethan Cardwell with the OHL's Barry Coats. The dude has 11 goals, 15 assists. Dude, 26 points in 15 games, averaging 1.73 points per game we were talking about trying to get some offense to the sharks hey now there you go that's all i'm and, saying and and again to your point like you know we've kind of we've talked about pretty much all year how stacked up the barracuda are he's a guy who should be on the barracuda uh you know next year obviously things can happen but you know if everything goes according to plan he's going to be on the barracuda next year so that's going to be another piece to add to the recipe right of just really to your point really stout offensive ability and it's going to be exciting again we don't know how long the sharks are going to be bad for but at the very least the farm team they're going to give you something to be excited about and right. i think it's really awesome ian keeping me honest it's not barry colts it's barry i'm an idiot it's uh, dude i don't know those teams <laughs> I'm, I'm still i'm still learning here man I'm still learning should also make note december 3rd when the hell is that Next Saturday night, Teddy Bear Toss. That is usually a big game. Who? Who? Uh, Ian. Who? Oh, I, I believe it was Bakersfield, right? Had their Teddy Bear Toss. Holy cannoli. There are literally three games 
AHL teams will sell out. Their home opener, their their fan appreciation night, and their teddy bear toss. So I encourage you, urge you, get tickets for next Saturday, December 3rd. Cuda versus the Roadrunners, teddy bear toss, and always keep an eye out for that one guy who bought the $100, you know, eight-foot-tall teddy bear that takes three people to get over the glass. It's the, always, I, always fun to watch. I was going to say, I've been to a couple of the Barracuda Teddy Bar toss games. They're so much fun. Oh, dude, they're a blast. And, <laughs> and dude, people throw those teddies out there with a little, like, anger. <laughs> <laughs> like, e- <laughs> there's some purpose in those throws. <laughs> and e- Ian's saying, 20-minute delay to clean them up. We can do better. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you see those uh, those... Oh, I don't even know what those things are called. Those uh, long, not, not spike strips, those long, you know, things on string to uh, collect all the chuckapucks. Oh, like, yeah. Dude, yeah. just roll three of those from one end to the other after everybody's gotten the teddies out of their system. You'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to our. Uh oh, we have to. Steven, Steven, get my vocal ready. Tweet. Tweet. Oh. The, the week. week. Holy shit, that's annoying. I probably never do that again. <laughs> so the Nashville Predators, they got jokes, y'all. They got hella jokes. They tweeted out, it's that time of the year again. We got you. Call this phone number to get the in-laws package. Want to know what the in-laws package is? It's two upper bowl tickets and two lower bowl tickets. So it's you and your betrothed can sit in the lower bowl on one side of the arena and they're going to put mom and dad in the upper deck on the other side of the room. Dude, <laughs> this is so fucking hysterical. It's so inventive. It's so great. I love this. Like Nashville needs to get like some sort of an award for this. <laughs> Such a great idea. And it had me dying. Uh, my in-laws, I love my in-laws. I think they're great, but I totally get the joke. So I was just like, oh my God, this is so hysterical. And I'm sure that there was somebody out there that like got all butthurt. Oh, that's not funny. Fuck you. It is funny. Deal with it. (laughs) Get a sense of humor, pal. (laughs) I love that. Stick tap, stick tabs to you in Nashville. That was great. All right. Let's, uh, let's give away some shit. Um, we have a winner. I know it took give it a little. Away, give it away. Give it away. (laughs) I know it took a little longer for the, uh, the first lunchbox but uh thankfully it only took us one week to give away the 49er sharks jersey i've got you can hear it it's you hear that plastic it's all still wrapped never been opened uh sharks jersey sharks jersey in my hot little hand and here is hockey jerk to announce the oh wait a minute hold on gotta do it again we We have have a winner winner! (laughs) fuck that is so annoying it's that you sound like the PA at like a maybe a maybe a a racetrack, a horse racetrack or something. No, go ahead. <laughs> All righty. So uh, let me let me give a little. I'll give a little color here. So we had twenty six entries. Which, That's it. See. And again, like come on, awesome. there's literally fifty people watching right now. You all don't want to win a. A shark, you know, you don't want to win a jersey. Okay, that's fine. You know what? I got you. We we have another lunchbox that we're also going to give the details away tonight. And there are things in here. I'm just oh, saying. Shit. 
I'm just saying. Go ahead. All righty. So we had 26 people enter the contest. Uh, and what, you know, what, was, What's the details to fill everybody in? The details are, you know, across the four games from this week, Ottawa, Seattle, Los Angeles, Vancouver, across those four games, what will Eric Carlson's combined ice time be in those four games? We had 26 people throw their uh, throw their hat in the ring, and only two only two people uh, provided a guess that was over a hundred minutes. Well, well, what, where did he finish, by the way? Oh, so I'll get there. Oh, okay. So only two only two people uh, provided a guess that was over a hundred minutes, and I'm sorry to say both of those people did not win. But oh, when did they I, go over? They did go over. But when I saw that, I was thinking, man. A hundred minutes, that feels kind of rich. And <laughs> and sure enough, Eric Carlson. To, oh, hold on. Hun- Let me, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but let, let's also fill in there that we didn't know that Mario Ferraro was going to be injured a week ago. Also true. Which actually, if you can believe it, Ferraro's injury did not affect his average ice time per game compared to Normal. the previous weeks. Okay. So Eric Carlson, across these four games, played... 100 minutes and 21 seconds. You know. And so our winner... What what was the... Hold on. Before you say the name of the person, what was the guess that was closest without going over? So the person who won, they guessed 98 minutes and 50 seconds, which is... Pretty fucking close. One minute and 31 seconds below the actual time. And this person... 91 seconds. Yeah, or about 90, 10 seconds 91 seconds longer off. than I last in bed. Okay. Yeah, they were they were 91 seconds off. And again, this was a real squeaker because and again, we only have one prize to give out, but the person who came in second place was 3 seconds behind the winner. Oh, damn. Okay, you probably so, don't want to announce who that person is cuz they No, be I will not. <laughs> but so our big winner and they've already been notified, they sent me their address, so we're nice. going to send it we're going to send it out as soon as I let AJ know this person's address. Awesome. They live on 123 No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> The winner is, and I'm. If I get this incorrect, I apologize. Please correct me. If you say Sean, Berg, I swear to God. No, it, I I was gonna laugh. It was if it was Berg again. Uh, <laughs> Sean Sean Rashkies. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Is Sean Rashkies. Do, we don't have a user ID, like Twitter uh, or YouTube. Well, they let me double check. They sent me an email. So let's see. Um, and Burge, no, no. just want to let you know if you're if you're listening either live or on, I've seen you in the in the chat earlier. Just letting you know y- your lunchbox will go out this week. There you go. You know the holidays kind of fucked everything up, but it, it's going out this week. So Sean Sean Rashkies is our big winner, and again they entered in the lunchbox competition, so they keep coming back and nice. You know, and, and again you know big winner now. We'll see if they come back again. Hopefully, Dude. I mean that would be awesome, but. Uh, no Twitter. You know, they sent me an email. They may have that's a fine. Twitter, and that's they fine. They did not reach out. They didn't reach out to me through Twitter, but they may have a Twitter. That's and you know what? It, you're not required to join us. Uh, you're not. See, that's the thing. There's a lot of other, and I'm not calling out other sharks podcasts. I'm calling out all podcasts <laughs> in general when it comes to stuff like this, where it's like you have to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, and you've got to, you know rub our fannies on Facebook and you got to do this on here, but no, there's no stipulations. The whole thing is if you listen to us, you're going to learn the details. If you listen to us, you might subscribe. You might not. 
doesn't matter. We're, we're just here to offer some things because we appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. So, but mm-hmm. we're not requiring you to where it's not like, send us a proof that you follow us on Instagram and Reddit and this and that. No, 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 no. We're just, we're just here. So, uh, love it. So this person, they, they might be in the chat right now. They might not be, they might listen to this on Spotify or Apple or who we don't know. But the fact of the matter is they, Sean's the big winner. They followed the, the, the rules of the contest. They won. So no purchase necessary, no subscribing necessary, exactly. no following necessary. Yeah. We're, we're, I, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, like shitting on other ones who do that. I'm just saying here, we don't do that. We don't have a network carrying our water. We try to do this all organically for the fans, by the fans. That's our mantra. So Sean can't congratulate you enough. This will go out this week. And, uh, I got a new one for you. We have, <laughs> so what is this? So lunchbox 2.0 lunchbox 2.0 everybody. And, or, or is it, or would it be 3.0 since the first one went to a runoff? No, it's still <laughs> 2.0. Okay. All right. <laughs> so 2.0. Would you all like to see what's inside? Let's take a look. Yeah. Give us the, let, let, let's take a look. It might, it might not be as full as the first one because you know, it's a little different, but first, Oh, Oh, look at that. Oh, what's this? What's this? Oh, this right here, it's a puck, a San Jose Sharks puck signed by Barkley Goodrow, because who doesn't like a good game seven wank? There you go. So, and, oh, what's this in here? This is actually a... Is that a towel to wipe off with after? <laughs> no, it's a jersey to wipe off with after. Okay. <laughs> but that is a fan appreciation jersey from last season, the very last jersey they gave out, the, what is it, the teal together... Fan designed jersey, mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. Uh, yeah, but uh, also subs as a wiping towel after you've had a good wank from looking at the Barkley Goodrow puck. And just for clarification, it comes with the lunchbox as well. It does, because where else do you put your wank towel <laughs> in the lunchbox? Okay. I should say, too, that, dude, I don't know if you listened or if you heard it on the broadcast tonight during the Vancouver game, but they there was a mention of somebody's lunch being stolen, and I'm like, God damn, Jerk is just getting <laughs> sto- plagiarized all over the place. Uh, so anyway, here are the details to win this one. You know the details when it comes to the email, right? Hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com. That's right. Hockeyjerk, all one word, one zero, at gmail.com. Email your answer to this, and we're going to announce the winner next Sunday following Sharks Savers, provided we have a winner. Hopefully, we don't have to roll this over to a second week. (laughs) So, this week begins a four-game road trip versus Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and the aforementioned Buffalo Sabres. Closest without going over, email to hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com. The total amount of shots on goal the Sharks tally in these four games. The pa- this past week, over four games played, the Sharks posted, and this is just me trying to help you out, okay? And, it, and this is also me having to do some quick math on the fly because I didn't add this up earlier. But this week, between games versus Ottawa... Seattle, LA, and tonight versus Vancouver. Over those four games, if you add them all up, the shock the Sharks shot 123 
shots on goal. Mm-hmm. How many shots on goal total will the Sharks have against Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Buffalo combined? Email that answer to hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com and you could win yourself your own retro lunchbox coming with fan appreciation jersey. Barkley Goodrow Puck might even throw something else in there before I send it off. Because I'm not, I'm not cool. I'm that nice. I'm that kind of guy. That's how you yep. can win it. Email me, and you know, if email's not your thing, you don't want to dox yourself. I understand that. You can DM <laughs> me. You can DM me on Twitter too. That's fine. At hockey underscore jerk. Yeah, Slide I believe. Uh, I believe Burge actually, who was Lunchbox 1.0 winner, Burge actually DM me on Twitter. So we now have a Twitter DMer that won. And an emailer that won. So it's really oh, kind of sh- up in it's really kind of up in the air what the better <laughs> crap is. Do we need do we need to uh, open up Instagram? <laughs> I already got in. I already got the first email in. Hey now, uh, so, don't don't say their guest, but is uh, is that person a regular watcher? Uh, they're a regular watcher. Beauty. They so they are a regular watcher. They have entered the previous two uh content actually i apologize they did not enter lunchbox 1.0 which i guess is why they're entering now um and but they were in the um the 49ers jersey give giveaway they did not win obviously um and they're currently in the chat right now let me let me ask you this ask it say four shits and giggles uh because i feel bad okay let's say that our buddy burge Comes in, wins 2.0. Okay. Should that be allowed or should we put some sort of like embargo? Like, you know, you can only like win like once every like two months. Like we have to go to the next person or we sit there and go, hey, you know what? You legit won. You get another. Um, I would say. Because, uh, you know, on one hand you want to share with, you know, you want as many people available to get stuff. But on the other hand, it's just kind of like. Hey, I nailed it. Run me my my goodies. Yeah, that's a tough one because I, I like I I understand like I get both sides of it, right? I understand like I think you know, what hey, we need to say right now before we just like go off the list. Burge, maybe don't enter this time. Or enter. <laughs> or enter. Or what if I mean I don't know. I mean, do we just But you yeah, know what I, would, I mean? I would say, well, I think we have to clearly define it. Like maybe, you know, you you can only win, you know, maybe one every three. Or no, because then what if we give away a puck this week and then it's a T-shirt the next week? You're going to be like, what the fuck? If I had known it was going to be the shirt, I wouldn't have entered the puck. Oh, I, yeah. See, maybe we I need think, to crowdsource this shit. Well, you know what? No, Look no, no, on I, Twitter no, 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 for no, no, the here. poll. <laughs> no, I, I, I got it. I think, you know... If it was not, if if the giveaway was anything but a lunchbox, I think it's fine. Oh, but what, if it's the same item, it's, it's the same thing. I kind of think it's like, well, you already won the first one. Yeah. That All said, right. Bert. That said, Burge. If you want to enter, more power to you. Yeah, rock out with your cock out. Let's go. And and you know maybe there will be a situation. You know maybe they can if they if Burge wins again maybe they can. Maybe they can pick someone else, you know? <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, let's move on. Hey, uh, I'm seeing it right now. we got 30 thumbs up. We've got 47 live viewers right now. Come on. 
Let's up those thumbs. Come on. Who, who are the 17 that are holding out on us? Come on. We're giving away stuff here, for Christ's sake. Now it's the 48. Third, Come on. Third week in a row we've done a giveaway, and we have no intention of stopping. Yeah, dude. We're going to be giving away stuff every Sunday through Christmas. Hell, we might go through Martin Luther King. Hell, we might go. If we're feeling froggy enough, we may go through Valentine's. If we're really feeling froggy and Jerk really, like, bears down to clean out his shit we're gonna do this till the end of the season my friends so lo- throw Wait, in those we may never we may never not do this again yeah we may never stop giving away stuff i think is what we're talking about so throw those <laughs> thumbs up in there make sure to subscribe dude that's that's all we ask you know we're gonna give you some free stuff so yeah thumbs up tell your friends about us please make sure to hit the subscription button if you're on iTunes, please give us the, 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 you know, the big review and the five stars really appreciate that helps the algorithm helps promote this. We're giving away free stuff. It's only going to get better. And okay. I I didn't want to say this, but I'm just going to put it out there. Mm -hmm. Tonight's show is number 978. Now, not, not for Pucknologist. Overall, since we have started the Pucknologist tonight, or I'm sorry, since we've, you know, Teal Town, USA, this whole kit and caboodle, this is our 978th podcast between Pucknologist, Teal Tinted, After Dark. Right now, our 1000th podcast is due to hit sometime about mid-January. We're going to work it out. I'm talking about giving away free stuff. I'm thinking if I'm feeling froggy enough for the thousandth podcast, I may have to give away one of my custom jerseys. Wow. You know what these are worth. Yeah. This is not a, a, a lunchbox. This is legit. This is, this is not fanatics. <laughs> this is not the maiden Indo. This is made in Canada, legit pro stock, what the players wear. Custom I'm, designed by you. Thank you. I'm thinking this this might need to happen for the thousandth episode. So like I said, stay with us. Subscribe on YouTube. Tell a friend. Open up 20 Google accounts and subscribe with them. Uh, you know, Tell a friend to subscribe on iTunes. Give us the the five stars and the the great review on iTunes is certainly appreciated. We thank you so much for hanging with us. But I want to do something really special for our thousandth cast. So look forward to that. If I have to go full on and say I'm gonna go so far as to like give you the you know the custom patch, the custom shoulder patches and all that, but maybe go so far as to say you. Pick the name and number. Wow! Like it's not going to be pre-done. Like if you want you if you want Bozosaurus on the back and the number six six six, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's where we're at. So again, thank you so much for joining us. I hope all of you guys had like an awesome Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, I did not. I will get into that on uh, Discord here in a, in a few minutes when we jump over to that after the show. Uh, didn't work out. Not so much for me. It was more my wife, Sherry. Uh, didn't, yeah, didn't work out so well for her. 
But anyway, the Sharks are going to start a four-game road trip this week. Games against Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Buffalo. The games against the Sabres again. Next Sunday, which means your favorite in jerks, another goddamn Pucknologist takeover <laughs> of After Dark. So instead of being on at our normal 7 p.m. start, we're going to be on immediately at the conclusion of the Shark Sabres game. So probably a little bit more like 6.40, 45-ish, unless like tonight where it goes to OT. So give or take a few minutes. But in the interim, there's going to be those three games that I told you about. So remember to check out GameCasts. Following each one with either Putt Guy, Ian, Landy, Dana, Mark, or a, you know, conglomeration of them all. So you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. All of that on the Twitter machine. Remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video below if you were not able to watch us live. And if you're on the audio only replay, hey, throw us some, some comments that way. If you got something to say, you can always hit us up at Twitter at Twitter, probably on Twitter, <laughs> at Pugnologist, <laughs> at Teal Town USA. Either way, it's all good. So, Jerkman, um, any words to say about Thanksgiving or just, you know, famous last words in general? Uh, Thanksgiving was fun. All right, then. Uh, so, ate, <laughs> ate, ate plenty of good food. Um, and that was really it. As I mentioned at the top two and a half hours ago. Uh, AJ, AJ and I executed, uh, a trading of some swag, which was obviously fun. I, <laughs> I believe, I, I believe the transaction started with psst, buddy. Yeah, no, literally, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had some things I didn't want that AJ wanted. AJ had some things that he didn't want that I wanted and we Dude. just did a little swap. Um, I had a couple and, and I had, a I had two other friends Hit me up and be like, hey, you, you know, do not have two other friends. Stop. <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing. People know, you know, I may have been gone for, for three years, but you know what? I got I got friends who know I like things and, you know, they keep an ear to the ground for me. Nice. You know, so I was able to I, I'm staring at a big batch of shit on my desk right now that I'm going to have to <laughs> take care of and figure out where it all goes. But that's also, the official booth. Hey, have you checked out the brand new San Jose Sharks batch of shit? <laughs> um, that came out you know, wrong. Batch of shit. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and and you know one of the things that was not mentioned, um, with respect to the trade that AJ and I made. So, and, and for those who have been to the game, a game at the tank once, you know that the cell service there is not the best. Mm. And so during a stoppage in play during the third period, <laughs> I w I pull my phone out of my pocket and I see I have a bunch of texts from AJ. It's why the where fuck are is he bothering me? It's literally, where are you? What are you doing? Where are you sitting? And I'm mm -hmm. like, and my first thought is like, okay, something's wrong. What's going on? And so I'm like, hey, <laughs> is I'm AJ in... having a stroke? <laughs> right. So I'm like, you know, this is where I'm sitting. You know, I give AJ where I'm sitting and I'm kind of looking around. I'm like, what well, to be not... fair. I'm like, where you're sitting. And all you did was give me the section. And I'm like, dude, can you be a little more specific? <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, and so I'm kind of looking around and I'm like, well, there's no open seats near me. So I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> And so and so I tell AJ and sure enough, next stoppage, I see AJ with his with his drawstring bag bouncing up the stairs <laughs> and he's about three rows down. And, and keep in mind, the section I'm in, it, it, it's it's full. It was about, and it was about halfway up. 
Yeah, so I, I was in row 13. I think AJ stopped around row 9, row yep. 8 or 9. And he makes eye contact with me, and I see he has a mystery puck in his hand. They sold alumni mystery pucks at the game on Friday mm. and probably subsequent games. And I just see him. He's, like, ready to lob it towards me. And I'm like, okay, I need to focus. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this, stand up, fucker. <laughs> right, because if this puck bonks someone. And, and, and it, dude, and don't it think it close. almost. Yeah, the person in front critical. of you was close. It was it was a bit critical. You had, you had to but, reach over. But I'm like, man, I'm like, I need to really focus here because <laughs> if someone takes this off the grape, it's going to be bad time. Yeah. Right. And so I grab it and and I don't even I didn't even look at it before AJ was like going down the stairs the other way. And I'm like, OK, that's kind of weird, but whatever. I open the foil and I look at the puck and, and it's the side that's facing me is the side with the sticker, not the autograph side, the sticker side. Rudolph Spalsers. We do not slander that name in this house. AJ knows I'm a big fan of Rudolph Spalsers, so to have that come fly my way was very awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, and I was like, I was literally like, man, like somebody got a good fucking alumni mystery book. I know. Because <laughs> a buddy of mine, he bought two and he got hosed on both of them. No, oh, let me guess. He got like what? Devin Dubnik and uh... <laughs> did, did I get one of them? <laughs> no, you did not. Oh. But he, he, one of them was Gil, Dylan Gambrell. I'll tell tell you me that. the other one was Bodker. No, it was a, it was like a minor, a Barracuda player from uh, years gone. Uh. But yeah, he got hosed, and so I'm like, man, to get a Balsers, that's a good deal. And and you know, like I said, you know, I'm haven't lived there for three years, but I got people who keep their ear to the ground for me. <laughs> All right, dude, we have 90 seconds until we hit two and a half hours. Uh, 90 seconds. So I've had six people send me their picks. That literally, all, okay, go ahead. All six have been recorded. So if you're listening and you've already sent me your pick, you're in. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's been so long. I'm not even going to get into my last words. So there you go. Uh, remember in case you missed it, you want to check us out again. We're on all the platforms. And if we're not, if we're not on your favorite by all means, let us know. Let's get let us get there. Whether it's TuneIn, iHeart, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, it doesn't even matter. If we're on or if we're not on your favorite, let us know so we can get there. But wow, that came out kind of not the way that I was hoping for. Makes me want to go up to a friend of mine. Hey, if we're not on your favorite girlfriend, let me know so I can get there. <laughs> Uh, things you say when you're in your t late teens. Uh, remember to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on social media. If you listen to the podcast, I just said all this shit. Why is this here? Find everything on tealtownusa.com. Christ almighty. Thank you so much for hanging out for two and a half hours. But hey, we give away stuff. So uh, we're, we're going to do our best to uh, keep it to a, a tight 90 minutes next week. <laughs> the tight 45 is dead. Yeah. Oh, oh. Dude, taken out in the back, shot against a barn. Long, long time ago. In fact, you even look, dude, we haven't had a comment in like 12 minutes. Everybody's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so we thank you so much for watching and joining. Remember, more giveaways are just going to keep coming. Tell your friends. Make sure to subscribe on all our platforms, but particularly give us that, uh, that cool review and five stars on iTunes and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We certainly appreciate it. And more giveaways. I think, you know what? After this Lunchbox 2.0, I'm thinking what might happen after that. The LaBank Piggy Bank might be next. I'm feeling Could good. Could be. And, hey, and you know what? The, you know what a, a, a LaBank Piggy Bank holds, right? Things. Just saying. Might be a buck <laughs> or two in there. 
(laughs) (laughs) So we thank you so much for watching and listening and hanging out with us. Remember, our next show is going to be, when is that? Following Montreal this Tuesday. But we're going to be back here for another takeover next Sunday following Buffalo Sabres. Sorry to um, take up so much of your time this weekend, but we had a good time. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We will catch you all Tuesday night following the Montreal game. Good night, everybody. See you on Discord.